I even have like a good <clears throat> tangent to make it look like we're starting like organically. But my girl was like, uh, she invited me to go to this concert, and it's like this kind of like experimental group because they use like hip hop beats and like standard hip hop production, but then they play like violins over it. Right, and I listened to okay. like I listened to a little bit of it, and it's like super vibey, right? And it's a week after the Smino concert, right? It's on April first, right? But I can't go, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't go see the cool artsy experimental music group. I gotta go see the guy from Cumtown. Hey, <laughs> was he in? Stra- Wait, who is this? I'm oh. seeing Stravos Halkiles. Uh, he's a comedian. He's hilarious. He used to be on the podcast Cumtown. So I'm like, sorry. <clears throat> Gotta go see the guy from Comtown. <laughs> I'm sure that went over well. She was like, oh, that's fine. Like, I just gotta find a friend. She's like, you don't have to say Comtown. Like, if you feel weird saying it, you probably shouldn't say it. <laughs> no, I feel like I should say it. I feel like we need to normalize. I guess, oh, if you say so. How's everyone feeling? How's everyone's week? Pretty good. I know we were like hardcore business chit chatting. Yeah, we were talking work, LLCs, bonds, investments. (laughs) What if we're the gold standard? (laughs) Yeah, the gold standard, crypto. (laughs) Yeah. And while we're on the subject, while we're on the subject of uh, performances, though, Purvis and I have some unfortunate news. Oh no! The Yeet concert has been delayed by about a month. No. Oh no! Not so now it's in yeet. now it's in April, and he just released cover art for his new potential album. He today. did, yeah. he so, did, really, and it looks dope. I, I feel yeah, like I'm about to actually get a whole new album. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I've heard like two or three Yeet songs. I really didn't like them, but like the way you have positioned it, like oh, it's like industrial. It's like you know, like a straight line from Gefaffelstein to Jesus to Yeet. It's like, is I tripping? So. It's it's close. I would say it's it's Gasafelstein, yeah. Kanye, and then like Cardi, Playboy Cardi, <laughs> and then yeah. it's like the chain of Ooh, yeah. Playboy Cardi fans <laughs> in disarray this week. Yeah, no, yeah, he's he's uh been in trouble. I don't know what's wrong with him. It's Oof. not a good look. I'll say that. Not a so, good look. Sorry, Cardi fans. I was going to say, I don't have enough info to comment on that, but another thing in the performance world that's coming up here in Chicago, um, NASCAR is doing a street race downtown in the summertime. I'm going to plant bear traps. I hate it. (laughs) I'm excited for it. I I got my ticket. I'm... You know, a big racing guy, but wait, <laughs> bear traps, bear, tra- bear traps for there's NASCAR no tires. Yeah, there's no but, justification um, for this. No, it's all. just like you could just use a lot of them, and it's just like, oh, just, just pure that is hate energy right there. Comment. That is, but um, Dude, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm not going to advocate for mild terrorism, why do I have a podcast? Like, <laughs> well. That being said, <laughs> we've got two days worth of musical events at this thing. Okay. And, and they're not rap or hip hop related, but I figured I'd share because it it's something different. Yeah. So we got a total of four artists The Chainsmokers, Miranda Lambert, The Black Crows, and Charlie Crockett are all going to be performing. I've never heard of The Black Crows. They're like a rock. 
band, I guess. Their last album wasn't like critically really appreciated, but there are they've had some solid hits from what I understand. I'm not super familiar either. Do you know the is it possible you mean the Black Keys? No, it's C R O W E S Black Crows. Okay. Let's take a look. And so it, it's looking like yeah, it's looking like Charlie Crockett is going to have kind of, a, I guess, a full set, and the Chainsmokers are going to do a full concert after the final uh, series race on, I believe it's the Sunday of that weekend. It's going to be, so, it's, it's going to be fun. The Black Crows. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is an older band. I don't. Put them up on Spotify, and I'm seeing albums from like 1990. I, I guess they, so I think it's one of those where like they were successful in the 90s and then they kind of like dipped mm. and are kind of back, I guess, in a way. But leave it to events like this, they're, they're always finding music that is to the yeah. greatest taste. And that's how it is with Formula One. That's how it is with, with this. When I, when I went to Formula One, not even, I don't remember who played in 2021, but when I went in 2017, they had Justin Timberlake and Stevie Wonder. So that's a cool, that's I a mean, good bill. Stevie Wonder Band. It's different. Yeah. It's, it it's is different. different. Yeah, no, I would, um, I would see Stevie Wonder in a second. I would not think yeah. about that twice. But but it, it is true they go for artists that have that more kind of popular draw, for sure. And that's what's going on here, yeah. too, I feel like. I was going to yeah, say, no, they're trying to gain popularity. There's going to be certain demographics there anyway that probably bond to the artists. Yeah. I think it's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not a particularly big fan of any of those artists, but, like, I'm not a big hater. I, I used, yeah, I will I used, not be setting bear traps. <laughs> I just, I just, I just know it's gonna fuck up my commute, and I hate that. It's on a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah, but oh, the okay. installation is going to be, you know, over weeks. You know, getting it set up and tearing it down. We'll see. A lot of it's in Grant Park. Yeah. The event is around Grant Park, so uh, it's. I think it's going to be the equivalent of Lala, but for a shorter time period. Maybe. I mean, if that's it. I was under the impression that it was going to be, like, throughout downtown and, like, they were going to have to set it up and, like, shut down downtown for three or four days. It's basically a figure eight that goes yeah. around Grand Park. So yeah. it's it, it does step onto Michigan. A very interesting on, structure. Yeah. It is, yeah. And it steps onto a little bit of Lakeshore Drive. Those yeah. are the two places. Yeah. So, and I also, like, part of me, I don't know, I'm kind of split on this because it's like, man, it must suck if you live by there. But, like, only the worst people in the city live by Grant Park, so I don't feel too bad. Nobody like, really, yeah, I was going to say. Only, like... They're in, like, North Loop. I know funds, one person that lives over trust there. Trust fund and babies like... and oil execs live in... And, and DePaul students. And, uh, yeah, and, and you know... <laughs> DePaul students. Universe, yeah. I, so, li- I lived by Grant again, Park when I lived... Yeah, when I, yeah. I, I lived by Grant Park when I was in Columbia, actually, only, like, a block away. But I was also one of the worst people in the city, so... I stand by what I said. Case like, in point. Yeah. Hey, you got yeah. a Herald's right there. It's basically in the West Side. Yeah. <laughs> Mentally, you. Are it's in like the West it's side. like the the South Loop is like the White West Side. Like, it's it's gentrified a lot. I remember so, why. It, yeah. When I started at DePaul versus when I finished at DePaul versus how it is now. Yeah. My my original plan instead of buying my own place way out here and on further west was to buy a condo in that area and at the time you could get a condo for 150 to 180 grand now it's like three to four hundred grand yeah no it's gotten, <laughs> in like five years yeah no it's been built up like crazy 
And like yeah. I remember when I told my dad, like, oh, I'm gonna go to Columbia and it's over like on eighth and Michigan. He was like, This used to be Skid Row. This is where like heroin was bought and like people shot each other. And it's like a really nice area now. Like yeah. um To be fair, it's totally different. To be fair, like there was definitely like a forty year period where it stopped being Skid Row. For sure. But yeah. was like still right. relatively working class. So I just want to be fair. It's not like it went from one to the other. <laughs> shout out to uh, success. Yeah, shout out to success on Michigan twenty two fourteen South Michigan. Yeah. That's like you get just past that Motor Row, that whole area. You get to the expressway. Once you cross the expressway and you're by Mercy, that's where it starts getting a little little sketchier now. Yeah. So that's it, the boundary's gotten pushed over time. And I used to live on 29th and Wentworth, just west of there. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a it's an interesting area. Yeah. We love gentrification. Stop it. Don't let them do politics. That. Don't say something saying. they can take out of context. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I dare someone to try and clip me and like and take anything I say out of context. I will absolutely come at them so much far worse than Think of all the things I've said. <laughs> what if someone takes something you said? And it's like Randy was things, just okay. saying terrorism. <laughs> it's like, bro, please. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, all right, shall um, we jump into we're the back news? to a somewhat Yeah, yeah this is like, back to a somewhat normal episode. Yeah, it's been a <laughs> wild like month and a half of like just crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I'm I'm not complaining at all. We went video, we had a first interview, we had a blitz episode, we had a three person deep dive. But I'm kind of tired. I'm not gonna. Yeah, lie. no, really this tired. is we're, really we're doing a cozy episode. Cozy episode. Yeah, <laughs> Jasper, this is literally what we talked about before you joined the call. Like the first thing Brian and I said to each other, just like, man, I'm feeling kind of cozy. Yeah, this is kind of like, like I, I just feel like so, <laughs> you know, this is going to be the rare to just kind of settle down. Length podcast. It's not going to be <laughs> as it should shorter than a TV episode, but or longer than a movie. Like perfect. Could it be normal? But um, there's finally some action going on. It's been an insanely slow start to the year, in yeah. my opinion, compared to other years, at least that we've yeah. experienced. Um, in terms of albums, there really wasn't much I could find. There is rumors of Metro Boomin coming out with the villains version. As you all know, technically, the last album that came out in December was the heroes version. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is considered a deluxe or like full on like part two. <laughs> yeah, it um, sounds like a deluxe. Yeah, yeah. like when so, I hear version, I think deluxe, but I could be wrong. It, the thing is that like I'm curious about is will it be expansions like remixes or will it actually be whole new songs? Because since that album's came out, the infamous Drake verse that didn't make it onto the song is like more popular than the actual song now that has young thug and travis scott so i'm curious what else is in the vault that like did not get released um so that's coming out i also found out i don't know if you guys know d salvage um that i've i found him not too long ago i feel like he had a tiktok song that blew up he has now coming out this week called mafia music and then we also have Strelex. Did anyone listen to Strelex growing up? I'm actually curious. Not listen to, but I think it's pretty impossible to escape the 
you know the the, the everything effect. about <laughs> yeah and everything that came yeah. after that i mean i've never listened to him actively and i've still seen him live <laughs> like it just happened it does it still oh, happens really? to you yeah, yeah. <laughs> coloring, coloring day. that's a good way to put it that was the uh live concert was it was it, solid was the energy there the energy was there and he and chance did an on-stage like mashup live which this is was wild. a chance when was yeah this? but he was the he was the closeout act at coloring day really? how was that coloring day he was a closing act he was the closing act if he stayed past chance he was after chance maybe i've seen Sherlock's live and just i was <laughs> i was in cellular field from 12 yeah. 10 p.m to 12 it was an all day a.m yeah, I, and it, it literally he, he closed out at midnight, literally. Wow. I wonder if I stayed. Maybe I've seen him live and I just don't recall it. That's actually pretty dope now that you mentioned yeah. that. Like I said, but Skrillex happens to you. It just, exactly. just kind of happens to you. <laughs> um, I, I actually am excited because, like, like you said, I feel like this is song that's ingrained in our culture now, especially gaming culture with the whole Call of Duty face. Um, but the album is supposed to feature Justin Bieber. Kid Cudi, Don Tolliver, Sway Lee, Trippy Red, Chief Keef, Young Lean, and Peak Panthers. Like that's this a, that's a feels roster. like a hip hop album. List. Like you yeah, know what? A roster. He has this that one dope. song with ASAP Rocky. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I was never a fan of Skrillex. I was just never a big fan of like dubstep, and he was like. Out of the face of that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not hating on the guy. Like, I don't think he's like awful. He's no nav, but like, you know, he, smooth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm not hating. I would, I am actually like lukewarm on seeing him in concert, right? I don't know if I would ever buy a ticket, but like, if he was closing a festival I was at and there was, I had nothing better to do, I'd go. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I, I, you know I, what? I would. I would much rather see him live than listen to an album of his. Well, that that being said, I actually do want to give him his flowers for a second here, just because music, musical taste aside, respect to artists in this genre who are going out of their way to adhere to the album format, because I feel like yeah. it's so hard to consume this kind of music in that format. You get so many singles, so many little EPs or LPs that are you know, like remixes. Yeah. Mm. And you, you just don't see like a full fledged album anymore. And I think yeah, that, that no, kind of detracts from it. Yeah. So I, I, shout I, out I, to that. I definitely agree with that. And look, there's a lot of nice things you can say about Skrillex, like opinion, uh, taste of music aside, dude's undeniably one of the most influential figures in the early 2000s, 2010s. Right. Yeah. Like there's a lot the of, there's a lot of flowers to give that guy. It's just yeah. that like, you know, if you don't like horror movies, you're not going to see Friday the 13th. It's like... It's true. Yeah. It's, true. He, it's like him and Steve Aoki, I feel like, are like the... Yeah. Those are the big ones. Yeah, those yeah. are the, the big sure. ones. The, like, 2010 sure. openers who gave way to... Them and, like, they, Like, part of the electric music revolution that happened in the late 2000s, early 2010s. And I liked yeah. Steve Aoki a little bit more, but still, like... You know... It's the, all in the same... Yeah. You know. I mean, I like house music, but, like, that's kind of, like, the only... Electronic, I like. Not really. I like all of it, but not. Don't hmm. love any of it. How it goes? Oof. Surprisingly enough, we've been to a house music concert. I forgot yes. about that. Yeah, that I was went, fun. I went back last year. That was dope. I went back last really? year. Really? We saw the 
we saw the live uh re- we we saw the uh the DJ who headlined it did the first remix from uh Renaissance. He did, uh oh, he did the break yeah, my soul. Yeah, I think remix. I do remember you telling me this yeah. actually. Yeah, so my That's house really on dope. the south side in Pilsen. I'm going to be going every year because like it's a two-day festival, tickets are $40. Like <laughs> it's very like, it, it's local. hard to be upset at that. It's so much fun. It's a great vibe. I'll be joining you. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. Also, <clears throat> uh, I told Purvis this. Just gonna bring this up because it's gonna come back on the show. Uh, my girlfriend got Beyonce tickets for me and her, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> a challenge. Yeah, she is like uh, has like a golden a touch. queen. She is like a golden she's a touch queen. <laughs> she got Fallout Boy and Beyonce. Is she trying to apply her skills to getting sneakers? Because that's a, a well-paying a well-paying industry. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. her if she could quit her job doing that. Like, yeah, actually, though. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not in this market. But give it like six months, and yeah. we'll see where we're at. Yeah. Once that air movie comes out, dude, yeah. really I cannot wait for that air movie. Are we gonna do an air that's movie review? Be fun. Let's do oh, it. absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we gotta all yeah, see yeah, that yeah. together. Because, like, my girlfriend's like, I don't care about Ben Affleck in a tracksuit. And I'm like, you don't understand directorial vision. It's like, you got to watch, you got to watch, you got to watch, you got to read Shoe Dog. I I do. My thing is, like, I'm just such a big fan of Ben Affleck as a director. Oh, true. Yeah, dude, the town, fucking classic. Absolute classic. Argo, classic. Uh, The last one he did, fine. But this looks great. Like, <laughs> I'm excited for it, honestly. Yeah. I think after the last dance and how successful that was, yeah. the I feel like the bar is extremely high you know what for you anything Jordan-related, yeah. as usual. Yeah, no, definitely. And I love how it's about his family. You know, it's, <laughs> it is very much about that process. I, I think it looks great. I, I think... I I like the whole shoe thing, but like I've never had the money to like get into the game. Uh, so. Until now. Until now. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, We're gonna get you some Jordan kind of ones cool. real soon. Huh? That's kind of the cool thing too is you don't necessarily need money to participate. It like gets you in the door, but it's about like what you take away from it rather than just like what you can afford. Yeah, I yeah yeah I I understand that it's about way more than money. Like I, I respect that. Except the reselling game, I don't. I think that's lame as shit. And yeah, it's a, it's markets. a good meme. It's a good meme. Yeah, like I understand. <laughs> yeah, like except that. But, uh, but no, I totally understand that. Like the sneaker culture is about way more than money, and, uh, yeah. So I, I get that. It's just, you know, I, I've been buying seventy dollars shoes so I can afford my electric bill. So it's yes. like valid. Yeah. So. I mean, don't I, get me wrong. Every shoe I have up there, waste of money. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't have done it. That's fair. But no, I'm not gonna say. No, I shouldn't if you have like done it, it but yeah, if you like it, yeah, you yeah. like it. That's not but, a big deal. But, it's a piece um, of art, you know. Definitely. Sometimes you look at it and be like, "That's a lot of money." And I know Jasper knows what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So I maybe I maybe take pulling, a step back and be like, "That's a lot of money." I may be pulling on your resources in a few months to expand because it's something I want to do this year: is buy at least a few pairs. What's that shoe you wear? You some Thirteen. I have some thirteens. I can. That's easy. We'll, we'll get you. We'll get you some real soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a twelve usually. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I'm a 13. Sometimes I'm a 14, but very rarely. Usually only Adidas. Yeah. We'll, Adidas we'll check them out. So that, we'll figure out the yeah. size. It's, right. it's normally true to size. Yeah. Right. Okay, but yeah. Singles and videos. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming out. Um, Ray Vaughn, the newest member to TDE featuring Absol. They did release the song Sandcastle. I don't know if you heard it. It's I pretty good. I like it. Um, I think Ray Vaughn. I have to see more. I, I, I just have to see more. It reminds me too much of people that are already in the group, which I don't think benefits him, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that video. Alicia Keys featuring Lucky Day. This is going to be some strong R&B vibes. I saw some snippets of it, taking it back to the classic 1990s R&B music videos that I just didn't... I wasn't... Un, unfortunately, I wasn't old enough to enjoy in the moment. <laughs> but man, was it, it... It's like a staple in the community, I feel like. It's yeah. just like classic 90s music videos. Um, it's so just like a mythologized movement in music. Literally. The same way it, that like rock music in the late 60s is just like an era you know yeah it, it's literally it, it's a staple of time in itself yeah. so i i love the concept of it and if anyone could do it right now that is a female r&b artist alicia keys is a pretty good option <laughs> she sounds it as fuck god damn um black woman it's black history month rihanna alicia keys you guys are doing your thing beyonce doing her thing uh but anyway idk is coming out with a single radioactive I think I this just, is super exciting. I just had flashbacks to 2013, like Vietnam-style flashbacks. Imagine Dragons radioactive. Oh, no. Wait. Their first album was called Radioactive. It was... No. Well, it was a single. I don't think it was... The, I don't think the album was called that, but they, Maybe they, they had a single called that. Yeah, the, it was their lead single. It's my Vietnam. That's why I said Vietnam flashbacks. It is my, it is the atrocity that hit my life. I think that was the nail in the coffin for like, nope, I'm strictly hip hop from now on. Like, Imagine Dragons, Macklemore, and like, was it Carly Ray Jepsen? We're all yeah. like around the same time. Wild. It was just a wild yeah, time in Carly Ray Jepsen, though, is good. She's talented, she's but talented, but yes, I gotta say that song. That song was very annoying at the time. Fair, I'll give you that. Fair, <laughs> very overplayed. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, it worked out. Take you guys back there. Shake it off. Shake it off. Petition. Don't don't you tell me to shake it off. Yeah. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it wasn't on purpose. I swear it wasn't. Not swift. Not swift. <laughs> We're just going through all the terrible pop no. errors that we've had to experience. Um, it's like a anyway. home assistant. Play Fortunate Son while I <laughs> cry in the corner. <laughs> it's just pain. It's pain everywhere. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Just like playing in a loop. <laughs> um. But what I am very excited about are actually hip-hop singles coming out. Polo G featuring Future. We surprising. Again, it's been a very slow start to the yeah. year. I feel like we would have heard something from Future by now. He's a very prolific like, early year yeah. kind of person to release. Um, but Polo G featuring Future. They're coming out with No Time Wasted. I'm not sure this is just toxic. <laughs> um, Don Tolliver featuring Caliuchis, I believe that's how you pronounce it um, called For Me a special single that dropped on Valentine's Day great song great song 
Um, and then tonight, he's following it up with another song featuring Little Dirk, Little Dirk and Glorilla called Leave the Club. We are, I feel like... He's on the runway. He's on the runway. It's Tolly season. Don Tolliver's album. It's Tolly season. <laughs> if Don Tolliver leaves the club... Is that the point when he goes to the after party? It's a whole storyline. We're getting timelines and breaking it down. It's Although, like a Christopher Nolan we, movie. It's like we, it's all over. We mentioned it. Yeah, we mentioned it in the uh, in the, the little chat we have. But Don Tolliver has one one dance move. Yeah. One dance move. It's great, but he has one fully with it or whatever it's called. It's the, it's the footwork. He's, he's putting the footwork in. Yeah. I have not heard the song he has with Kelly Uchis. I'm going to probably right after really this. Good. You know my opinion on Don Tolliver. I like it's him. It's actually very, very good. Yeah, I believe it. I really like the songs he had on the Metro Boobin album. Yeah, so like, look. I, it's Tolly Susan. I think he has potential, but he just hasn't come close to meeting it, in my opinion. I think he could ascend to like weekend level status when it comes to like pop like like his sound (laughs) well no listen 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 i think with the right with the right features the right promotion i think like his sound his style there's definitely room for it on that like more general stage yeah it's just a matter of of getting in front of those people yeah i i yeah i guess i guess when you put it that way he does have the skill and talent to do that it's just we it's hard when you hear like comparing someone to the weekend it's like but he's like he's super young too, right? How old is he Don is Tolliver? Yeah. Don Tolliver's age. Let's see. He's twenty eight. He's twenty eight. Yeah. So he's. I mean, he's yeah. got he's got time to grow. Sure, but like the Baby weekend. Maybe he was twenty two. Yeah. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Sure, but at the <laughs> same at the same time, the weekend put out all three trilogies by the time he was like twenty. So like. I just think like that level of no, a career. That's, yeah, that's fair. I, I yeah. agree with that. I guess I guess stylistically, I think there's like yeah, I, a space for his sound to be popular. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe artistically, he doesn't quite have. He doesn't have the same you know drive or the same songwriting catalog. capacity. But still, I would just yeah, say, yeah, simply catalog. Yeah, no, I I love his sound. Yeah. I I just think you know I think Heaven and Hell is a good project, but I I just I I, I don't think it's anything really. That special. It has a really, really cool sound. That's fine. Like, look, it's not a project I hate you for liking. It's not. I think there are. Like, I think there are some like, standout tracks on there. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like, I, I would agree. It's it's not like it's it's an album that I sit down and I'm like, yeah, I know every single song and how they yeah. go into each other. Yeah. I think that he he's as a feature, he's just been like so consistent. Like no nobody else really, in I, my opinion, has been that consistent over like five or six years at this point. That's fair. I'll say that as a feature, that's definitely a valid argument. Uh, I mean, can't say, and then the Jack Boys album, just yeah. like back to back, he's like featuring and just leading songs and doing well. My thing is that I like, think a go ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. Oh, I was gonna say I think an appropriate goal, instead of the weekend, if he can surpass Travis Scott, that I think like. He's done everything correct. I, I think, think Travis Scott is a more attainable goal. I, I think I, on this. I think it's possible, but I I think that might even be underestimating like. Travis you think Scott. even that's? I, I think even that. I think that's a lofty goal, but like I think it's possible. You know, uh, but yeah, no. My my thing about when I left uh, Heaven or Hell when we did the deep dive about seven eight months ago. Uh, my my immediate reaction was just that like oh I like this kid I think he can do better and I feel like 
when your immediate reaction mm. is like, no matter how positive it is, your immediate reaction is like, oh, I believe this guy as an artist has so much more room to grow. It does kind of put a ceiling on how much you can enjoy that art, that project. I think, you know, not that I don't think it's good. Not that I don't revisit it. You know, After Party is a classic, in my opinion, a classic track. But like, you know, I love Euphoria, man. That track, yeah, hits. Euphoria is a good track. Uh, yeah, and I would say it's really likes is good. It's better, I think, and like you mentioned, I think it's better to have that moment where you don't enjoy an album as much, and there's a ceiling on enjoying an album versus a ceiling on what you think an artist is capable of. Because the fact that there is no ceiling on that for you, I think it speaks to like the fact that he could continue to, you know, improve his craft. Maybe he goes the push a T route and just could like be, could be valid. iterates, 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 you know, and could be and valid. That's yeah, yeah I completely I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah, that's a great way to summarize how I feel. Um, I like dude a lot. It's just I hope he lives up to his potential, but like definitely, I, I think he's getting there. I think he's ramping up. You know, yeah. I don't think Life of a Don was a step backwards. You know, yeah, or Life of a Don too. Mm. No, I agree. All right, yeah. so shall we get to the news? Yes, uh, we have a lot of lists to cover this year. Yeah, um, or the, not this year, this week. I did not the look at any one. of these lists. So no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I, it, it's mostly a glaze over on some of the things that are releasing at the beginning of the year, or the end of the fiscal year for business people, which is probably why this is coming out. But top fifty sneakers list was released for all those sneakers heads. I highly recommend checking this out. There is. I don't want to say questionable, but a lot of hot takes, I guess, will be a, a good take or a good um, term for some of the some of the things on the list. You will, of course, find a lot of Jordans. You'll find so a lot of collaborations and a lot this of list is, This list is specifically the top 50 Nikes of all time. Oh, this is Nikes. This is just Nikes. Okay. Not okay, okay. Yeah. Surprising, because I think we, we talked about this at work. Wasn't there a list that included Yeezy? Are they yeah, referring to the Con- red bottoms? The Air Kanye Yeezys. had Kanye had two oh. Air Yeezy models with Nike in two, that from 2009 to 2013. So they included both models on this list because they are some of the most sought after and some of the most you know expensive shoes money can buy. So interesting. Yeah, those are on there, and we've got all kinds of crazy pop culture stuff on here that ties in with music. We've got the Nike mags that were created for charity that you know. Marty McFly. Oh, the Back to the Future wore, ones? Hell yeah. Yeah, the those. self-lacing, when they actually made yeah. the auto-lacing shoes. We've got stuff that has been made popular by Skepta with, like, the Air Max Plus and oh, stuff cool. like that. We've got, like, Blazers. We've got oh, I love all the, the different Jordans. Yeah. yeah, and just, there's a lot, of, a lot of crossover here. I guarantee, like, you scroll through this list, you're like, oh, I didn't know that shoe from that video. <laughs> like, that's just, like, a, a common theme here. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, we've got like do the right thing, like fours. We've got you know just all kinds of stuff. So worth a look if you're into that kind of thing. And yeah. you know we got a little music tie-in. So that's cool. Solid list. We're gonna have to revisit soon. Yeah. Um. Besides that, we also had Rolling Stones come out with the top fifty worst albums by brilliant artists. Now, I, we've discussed many times that many of these corporations or reviewing agencies, whatever you want to call them, just don't make good lists or good opinions in general. The phrase would be publication. Yeah. It's just all of their lists are terrible. Two things that I just wanted to quickly point out. Little Wayne Rebirth was on this list. I think that's worse, fine. No, I think that's fine. Rebirth's I think there's so bad. much worse you can put. 
no, Rebirth is real bad. Like, I I listened to it at the time, dude, and even at the time, like, I'm like, maybe two songs. You hated it. Okay. Dude, well, this was his rock album, though, right? Yeah, it's not good. Like, <laughs> Drop the World is okay, but it was proved immediately irrelevant when Eminem and Lil Wayne had a much superior collab on Eminem's album. Right, right, right. Yeah, so... But they also put Kanye West one, he is one. That's insane. That is that's, at number one. That is that's an, not valid when Jesus is King exists. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's insane. I do not think Rebirth is insane. If anything, I think it's really high. Like, I think it should be closer to number one. If I'm keeping Even it, closer to number Okay, so that's actually was a. That's what, I, what was going to be my actual question. Because, like, obviously, my expectations for these lists aren't very high. If Kanye West, yay, or you, whatever. That, that's an awful one, take. That's a terrible take. He is a delightful That's a terrible album. take. Is it could it is there an argument it's Kanye's worst album besides Jesus is King and Don the Two? Sure, you know I don't know if I agree with that, but sure. Right, like somebody can argue it, and I won't be yeah. like insanely mad at them. Yeah, like it's far <laughs> um, from his best, but I'm like, actually <clears throat> that that's crazy. I can't. I just looked through this list. I, I, I can't believe that like Eminem's revival didn't make this list. Is it, it did not. Is it? It's not on here. Yeah, no, that's crazy. It's all genres it, as well. So is yeah, it, well, that makes. I guess they tried to. I guess like they the, tried to mix it in. So are you trying to say like what do we think are like worst albums by brilliant artists? I was gonna say just just give me one, and so just oh, I have a I, I, I want to knock one. this off the table locked and loaded. I have okay. one. Oh, speeding bullet to because heaven. my. That was mine. Yeah, like <laughs> that was, speeding bullet to And heaven. I know Jasper hates that take, but That's that over, was mine. That, my that album is over. One. That album is overhated. It's no longer trendy to hate that album. No, disagree. As someone <laughs> who like, listen, we talked about Alice that in Chains was, for thirty minutes last mine. week. As someone who was like a huge fan of the rock movement that he was doing, I thought it was like the most pitiful. It is MGK. Uh, pop punk level bad i'm sorry that's just my opinion on this oh I, man that's a that's a hot take i think I, mgk has made worse than that no, i think i it's feeding to that, say MGK i think, is like the worst I think mainstream compare. sellout bad, is far bad. and away worse than that <laughs> i think mainstream sellout definitely is worse than that i look i, I i'm not i'm not capping for like mainstream sellout but i really do speeding bullet to heaven was one of the Worst heartbreaks I've ever had in my life. So personally, that that was mine, and yeah. one of my friends also gave another really good one, yeah. "The Big Day" by Chance the Rapper. Yeah, that's obvious. I think, it, but it, but here's the thing: terrible right? one. I think the problem with both of these takes is that they're so dependent on expectations, right? Like because we have such a preconceived notion of what good albums these artists are capable of making, so they just are never good, even though they're not say good or the best work in their discography or. or anywhere like maybe they sit at the bottom but we still i think tend to over over hate just because we were expecting something in a different vein and we were really let down and i've definitely been there with other artists as well but i think it's just one of those things where you're going in expecting one thing and really getting something you didn't want i i feel like that is absolutely a phenomenon that happens i think my experience i don't think this applies speeding bullet to heaven is literally the exact opposite because I was coming, really, I, I do I think co- it's it's completely true. Yeah, that expectations plays into it, but like very real that phenomenon. album in the big day is objectively bad. I don't like the phrase objectively bad because there's no such thing. But I'll say this: 
it's not yeah. a good album, regardless I, of what my expectations are. I agree. Are. I agree with you, one hundred percent. I agree with you that in these cases, I don't think it's expectations. But like, I feel like I was very much primed to enjoy this album because I liked. I was coming hot off of Wizard. I really wanted him to return to a Wizard-like sound. I was a defender of Indicud because I love that album. I think it's great. So yeah. like, I was coming like. Uh, and then there was that Mother Moon album that I even really liked. Satellite Flight. Satellite Flight, yeah. And I'm like, okay, like, and then, like, I'm also, like, a big fan of grunge music. Like, when I heard, like, oh, this is the sound he's going to be evocating, like, an early Nirvana, you know, Soundgarden kind of grunge, I was, like, right there. I was in his pocket. I was going to be the easiest person <laughs> for him to impress with this album. <laughs> And I hated it. Like, to the point where I think it's legitimately disrespectful to the artist he's, uh, like, uh, pulling off from. Because it's so shameful, it's so tacky. Like, that's just my opinion. I think... ...thing of, like, setting expectations and not being, like, satisfied with yeah. what you actually perceive. That is one level to actually think an album's not like good person yeah. and one example of that brandon i know you hate this but like we talked about don fm yeah no, i donon had FM's certain expectations on the weekend i do don not FM's not a bad album no i do not hate that take i do not hate that take i don't really connect to it because even even i exactly who, who liked so it at i the do time, think that exists no i totally think that's a real phenomenon that is definitely real yeah. like um 100%. I just think, like, in the specific case of Speeding Bullet to Heaven, I was primed for it. Uh, so, that's my argument for that. But, if I'm trying to come up with another one now. Jasper, what's your first one? If you do have one. For me, it's, off the top of my head, it's either Revival or Jesus is King. Those are very because Revival because very King had a lot of hype too. Think about think and about what revival is very bad. And here, here we're talking about expectations again. Think about what revival followed, right? Yeah. His first album in four years. It comes after Marshall Mathers <laughs> LP two, which was celebrated top selling album of the year. Sold sat on the charts forever with like tons of banger collaborations and solid songs throughout. You know, some things are playlistable off of that. And then you get revival, which. I feel like Eminem and Kanye did the same thing around the same time, where they started making music that, instead of being timeless in its execution, really dated itself by starting to bring up current events. And I think Ye is guilty of this, too. 2017, 2018, this, there was like a shift. Yeah. Right? You see Eminem complaining okay. about Trump. You see uh, Kanye referencing Stormy Daniels and just doing things that really cement that work in a period. And I don't think there's any song on either of those albums that's good enough to overcome that. I think it like makes it t like feel dated now. Where you look at like early stuff of from Eminem, where it's constant pop culture references, but there's the redeeming quality of the fact that hey, this beat slaps. The bars yeah, are good. This is a like, good song. Christina Aguilera might have to switch me chairs. Like it's it's just one of those things where I, I think that they just lacked in execution and then the the subject matter really wasn't redeeming at all to the point where it's it's listenable now i think jesus is king honestly feels more disingenuous overall looking at the way kanye's gone but 
that's the power of hindsight for you. I, th I think that at the time, Revival was critically the worst of the two, but I think I think Kanye's is especially offensive now, to me personally. I have one that's going to piss off Travis. Go on. Uh, more life. That sounds I could, I mean, barely an hour. I just there's so many things that could go into that. Like it's tough. It is. It's tough. I don't think that's like an insane take. I don't agree with it because I, I feel like there's also. If you were going to take that route, I would apply that to Scorpion more than more life. What about honestly? Never mind. Oh, no, there we go. That's the winner. Yeah, you got me. Like, Come on. There yeah. You like, what? Uh, yeah, there yeah. you go. I was like, there's got to yeah. be one. There's got to be one. Like, there's one I'm missing. There, there is one. For it. It. Honestly, never it, mind. It, 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 is, it, is, it is. I don't think we could even consider it because yeah. it's not a hip-hop album, but the correct answer, yes. Yeah, because be it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. It yes. doesn't stand up to scrutiny in its own genre. No, I think no, I, I think I think it's most a good take. hot hot take here for me because everybody loves to hate me for this, especially in the office. I think most Drake music doesn't skip stand up to scrutiny. Period, whether it's critical, musical, or lyrical. But that's just me. So you know, especially the new stuff. But you gotta. I don't. I don't okay, hate that. That's fine. I you you I gotta find the good thing. things. You gotta. I don't hate that. You gotta thing. find the good things. I have a it's pretty. <laughs> I have a pretty strong line on I, where that starts to happen. But I don't hate that take. I think that I think that so many people take it so personally when you you talk about an artist like that. Yeah. But which is really funny to me because Drake is like the apple of of He's the industry. the most commercial. And and when I when I say things like that about either one, whether it's Apple or whether it's Drake, I get the same response where people just it's a personal attack because they like that thing. Yeah. But it's just one of those things for me where it's just it it doesn't click because it doesn't it doesn't feel genuine. Yeah. It just doesn't doesn't have that for me, so yeah. I, don't know. I did think about another one that I know I'm gonna get heat for. I don't. This is more applying towards that second theory where we were saying like we have a certain expectation and it may not hit it. So it's not necessarily a bad album by the artist, but it just doesn't reach expectations. Uh -huh. This isn't me personally, but I've heard this many times. For your eyes only, J. Cole did not beat a lot of people. I agree with that. No, and I agree with that. It is considered his worst album. I agree with that. I I don't think it's an awful album. Uh, no, not at all. I don't think it's an awful album. It has my but favorite. But compared J. Cole to song. the rest of his work, it's it's seriously behind the rest of his work. I actually have another one. Uh, Big Crit Crits was here. Kind of like, kind of like okay. a, a little yeah. bit worse. That's another good one. Yeah, kind of a little bit worse than All Eyes on Me. Not a bad album, not the worst album in the world, but just really lacking from the rest of his catalog. There's like a couple really great songs on it, but like really far behind like the rest yeah. of his work. So yeah, Crit was here and All Eyes on Me, I think, fit into that pretty well. I don't think they're abysmal, but strong, clearly behind the rest of the work. I have one more. You are pushing through it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, and this is an artist who I, li I like every project. I just think it's the worst of the set and leaves the mm -hmm. most to be desired is uh, Days Before Rodeo. Travis Scott. Ooh. Yeah. I've not, I I've, I've heard Days Before Rodeo a few times. Mm -hmm. My, my, and I'm That's not even. That's a tough the, one. Yeah, it's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm not even the biggest, uh, I'm not even the biggest Travis Scott fan. But my immediate counter argument is just 
it does it feel almost like a shortcoming? Yeah, I do, I agree with that. But I feel like it's days before rodeo, and rodeo fulfills the promises of it. So I can't. Fault, no, I yeah, agree. I can't fault it for being the setup. You know, I just think that I just think that days before is held in like such high regard a lot of the time, especially a lot of the singles on it. Complex did a list when Astroworld came out of like their no, it was when when days before had like an anniversary. They rated it number one of like their favorite Travis projects. And I was like, who is smoking what in that office? And yeah. can I have some? Because yeah, that, what that, is that, reality? That's a, that, that's a bad take. Yeah. yeah so yeah, and here's the thing, right? Take. Let me preface this saying, I, we, we talked about this off stream a while back or off, off camera a while back where Travis is the only artist I can think of off the top of my head where I don't dislike a single song of his. Like every song I've ever heard of his, I like in some way. It has a redeeming quality mirror. I enjoy it. That being said, I feel like Days Before starts off super strong and then kind of falls into like, it's like overly complex and just kind of like awkward. The second half of it does not play out in like a what, what feels like a well-constructed way. You get tracks that kind of not run into each other, but are almost like too wordy and too filled or crowded for their own good. It feels messy, like backyard, basement. And then even the bonus track back, just the way they're structured mm-hmm. and the way they sit around each other, there's just something about it that it rubs me the wrong way. That being said, I really like Gray as being like almost like an interlude because it gives you a break from Gray that. Gray is phenomenal. Yeah, it's just Gray one of those things where I think that album tends to album mixtape tends to like start off really strong. You get like the no. the prayer. Well, you, not even the prayer. What's it called? Like perfect point. Like Mama Sita and everything else, and then it just kind of like, and I feel that way about Life of Pablo too. Hot take, but yeah. It, See, it... I think what you just said is the biggest point. I think, and this might be a crazy take, but the amount of success that's came out of Days Before Radio has been its like demise in reality, because a lot of people actually hold this up to an album standard, and it's not an album. Like people no. forget, this is literally just a mixtape. Yeah. And with that being said, this should be considered one of the best mixtapes up there with like Acid Rap, up there with 1993. It, there's so many other examples in 1999. Sorry, yeah. um, but it, it's so many other examples, and it's because you have songs like Mamacita, you have songs like Drugs You Should Try, or Drugs You Should Try It, because that is debatably a top five top three travis song i've yeah, only I heard okay, at least regarding to to the community i just looked at the track so, listing for me I, i'm, I'm gonna, go th- gonna go through it here days before rodeo the prayer mama sita quintana part two drugs you should try and don't play are all like here for me right it's and like, then <laughs> right skyfall skyfall is where we start to have problems i don't have problems with that track but it's slow it's long. It's like five minutes. And then from there, zombies, sloppy toppy, <laughs> which is just a fucking meme at this point. <laughs> Basement freestyle back. And this is where we get into like the trough of the album, I feel like. Right. And then we come back a little bit with gray and with back. And that's just like, it's literally just like. It's true. It, it just slows down so much at the, at the later half of it. It becomes, it becomes but... so reliant on like, fast rapping in a way that's just not for me 
as pleasing as the other sounds in the album. Like back, backyard is the great example. It's the chorus on backyard. I just don't like. Like, it's not a bad mm-hmm. song, but uh, it, it's by itself. But in the context of the project, yeah, yeah. I agree. I gotta revisit. W. I gotta revisit the, the early. I hopped on Travis Scott with Rodeo, and I like Rodeo a lot. So I just kind of stuck around there. I am Man. so happy that I get to claim to be yeah, the person that. that put you on Travis yeah. Scott. You have no and idea. I have, I have, that is like my happiest achievement. I, I have I have warmed up to birds a little bit more. Dude, we gotta we gotta do a deep dive on Owl Pharaoh, man. Yeah. It turns ten this year. Oh my god. Owl Pharaoh is primed. I would say that that's yeah. a that's a good project to pick. I love uh, Owl Pharaoh. I like Owl Pharaoh better than Days Before. I think that's a pretty personally. common take though. I don't think so. I think people really like Days Before for the hits, like Drugs You Should Try yeah. and, you know, Mamacita. Drugs You Should Try it is debatably Travis Scott's, like, I, f- I find that song. I find that a lot of younger it's fans, up there. Yeah. And, and those that's a lot of Travis Scott's fan bases, younger fans, don't know Al Farrell. It came out when I was in the middle of high school. Yeah. And a lot of his fans are high school now. It's or like old. early college. Yeah. They just don't know the good old days. Yeah, I mean, so rodeo. Rodeo came out when I was a senior in high school. That's how <laughs> fucking old I old Jesus I feel. Christ, right I was now. a junior in college, and yeah, like an old junior go. at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man. If you were senior, yeah, then I was probably a freshman. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Let's um, uh, let's boogie on to this because we got to uh, the big news. I'm gonna let you all take over. For we're gonna do South one? by Southwest first, and then we'll do uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 All right, so Jasper, you brought this to our attention, and I think it's something I really want to talk about. So, give fantastic us a article. Yeah. All right, South by Southwest is you know the famous Austin Music Festival has caught a lot of flack recently over grossly underpaying artists and not keeping up the kind of compensation structure of artists with you know the state of the world over the last I'd say ten or so years, and it's always been kind of a problem, maybe more than ten years, but. It's always been kind of a problem, but this year it's especially egregious, and a lot of artists have banded together to sign up effectively like a petition, make a little organization to fight for better rights, and they're catching a lot of flack. And I'm going to read you a little bit of an article here that I, I pulled up for this, just about what the exact terms and figures are right now, because they are a disgusting. So... Over 120 artists signed an open letter to the festival demanding what they consider to be fair compensation for performing at South by Southwest. Current compensation structure for the show offers artists the choice of a one-time payment of $250 for bands or $100 for a solo artist performance, or so they can choose cash money or a wristband that grants access to conference and festival programming. Those are the choices. So you play a festival as an artist you get paid 250 dollars for a band to split or a hundred dollars for a solo artist or you choose to attend the festival at which you are performing with that the wristband grants access to conference and festival programming as well as artist only areas those numbers have not changed in over a decade meanwhile the application fee that artists are required to pay to apply to perform at south by southwest went from $40 to $55. So when you account for the application fee, if you are a band, you are walking out with $195 to pay a music festival that doesn't, or to play a music festival that doesn't release figures on their revenue, but it's estimated they make 20 to $30 million a year. Yeah. And it's just, and 
5,000 yeah 5,001 artists applied in 2022 and uh in this case yeah there's a couple hundred artists who are signing up insane yeah and and now listen to their demands this is what's this is what's sad right yeah the letter published includes four demands total they guarantee they they want a guaranteed increase of $750 for all artists so they want to be paid at least $750 to perform which is still pennies for you know a, yeah even a, that is like still that. barely like, anything yeah, yeah there's nothing nowhere near the Keep value in they bring into the festival yeah and here's the really they say part. it costs less than a single music badge that's in the festival the the value of the music badge that you have to buy to attend south by southwest $895 so they're still asking for less money than what the badge is worth as far as attendance yeah now, with that, That's artists gross. shouldn't have to. They're saying artists shouldn't have to choose between getting the badge and getting paid. It should be both. They want that, and then with that, they want, uh, as far as payment, they want non-immigrant work visas for international artists, as well as a cancellation of fees for applications. All of which I think are totally reasonable for artists who are literally w- what the festival derives beyond, its value from. Beyond, yeah, beyond and this reasonable. is just yeah. you know this is just another extension of what we see in the post-COVID world, where it feels like no, there is no shame, there are no consequences, and corporate greed runs rampant and continues to screw over people who work hard. So you know, it's just uh, it's a, it's a great time to be alive, and I really hope these artists get all that they want and more. And I hope I love this whole thing. I know no 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 one in our audience right. is going to go to South by Southwest, but yeah. I hope that South by Southwest hits hit gets a hit in attendance from stuff like this because yeah, it's just no, it's it's, yes. it's it's disgusting. This all, is totally and all damn. all I can say to that is, workers of the okay. world unite. Yeah. <laughs> this this whole situation is terrible, yeah. and I love the idea that they are positioning against this. Yeah. Because like there would not be a festival without no, yeah. the artists there at all. No, yeah, definitely. They literally wouldn't be a festival at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the so things, I think this is completely fair and I love this. One other thing that's really stupid that I don't think they even wrote into the, the requests. When artists sign a contract to work South by Southwest, they effectively have to sign a non compete for the duration of the festival. So if you're performing and you have like two gigs at South by Southwest, you can't go later that night if you've got a day gig and perform at like a club that's not part of the yeah. festival. And which like, is bullshit. Which is you bullshit. can't make your money, you know, just being an artist. You have to yeah, sign sign with them for that period no, because they and, need. There's they no need reason for that. And even well, other well, festivals, there is. they're, they're trying to protect like their the thing. Like, oh, we, only we have. That's what I'm saying. It's a yeah. controlling. Yeah. It's, it's a controlling. Never mind. Let me know. No, I think you're right on the money. It's just an. It's an act of power. You know, yeah. that's really what it is. It's just like to keep them in line. You know, yep. which is insane. Cause it like, is insane because, like, even like most music festivals build an entire secondary economy from after shows, <laughs> like like Blues yeah. and Riot Fest, such as Lala. Yeah, they have after shows say, throughout the city. You know, it is bonkers to in me. So many different places that they don't at least give the band more opportunities to be exploited. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, you know? <laughs> literally you know it's like... just bad and you know austin as a place continues to go in this route i've spent so a good amount of time in austin for formula one and just seeing the way things have changed in terms of 
the commercial kind of bloodletting or really ringing of of the tourist population when it comes to visiting there it's it's pretty disgusting whether it's lodging whether it's event tickets anything so yeah i think this is a trend that's going to continue and it's up to artists and people who like their music to say no yeah, no, it, it's I... insane that you brought up this article because Loki, Brandon, and I were just talking about this like either last night or the night before. How there are so many insanely like illegal monopolies and no. mergers happening within businesses that have corrupted no. pretty much how we consume music, how music is even released. It's all super, the topics that are even shilled. Super monopolistic, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's right, a video right. I want you to watch. It's I'm not gonna lie, it's very mean to Spotify specifically. Uh but it, it kinda goes it's like a deep dive into like the monopoly that like the record labels have over music and how it's strangling mm-hmm. artists and everything. And like it's also hilarious. So like I'll I'll send it to you. It, it's a good video, honestly. And it, it Oh, it's not the it, one it I, I have a, think it's about. a different one. It's a different one than the one I sent. It's all another Yeah. I mean, even the one you sent, like yeah. everything you just said applied to it, and I feel like it expands or it allows for a conversation that expands farther than music. Obviously we're a hip hop yeah. podcast, but like just in terms of media and how it's consumed in general, there's so many mergers that happens on the background that the average American does not understand yeah. or even know that happens yeah. that just controls your day-to-day life. Yeah. And it, yeah, it, you, buy, you buy shit from like four yeah. different companies. Yeah. Right. Like and you just don't even, the, the, the videos that you consume that I was telling Brandon, there's so many mergers that like we study in graduate school that like, I don't even want to bring up to him because I feel like he would want to like, tear his room apart <laughs> when you think of like the fox and like disney merger when you think of like the t-mobile and sprint yeah. merger when you think of the list goes on yeah. <laughs> it, it's just media in general is just yeah. completely destroyed and like you said it kind of takes the community to actually be like yo we yeah. should probably fix this. Yeah. And meanwhile, this is a yeah. perfect example of that. Yeah, and meanwhile, the merger between Northrop Grumman and Newport News was stopped by the federal government because it was disadvantageous to them. Because those are the only two companies in the United States that build nuclear submarines. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it shows where public attention and focus is versus where government attention and focus is. Yeah. So. I want to put a little I want to put a little bit of a button on this before we move on to the next one cuz already an hour in. Uh <laughs> Uh, I want to <laughs> shout out recent guest uh, Shaw Calhoun for yes. going the Bandcamp route and like at least fighting the good fight to like yeah. try and like blaze a trail, you know, in a way that just pays artists fairly, you know. You Even though see, Epic Games now owns Bandcamp, uh, I know, but like at least <laughs> the they're worst nice. corporation. Uh, uh, you know, a I don't know. BlackRock's pretty bad. Like <laughs> they're all pretty bad. When I think of Epic Games. I got to think about Rocket League that I played nonstop that bought us Psionics, and I want to break my controller. I don't know. Now. I BlackRock <laughs> is like housing and like getting rid of like entire neighborhoods. It's bad. Uh, it, it's sup- all bad. Super it's all bad. Bowl. Super Bowl. Um, everyone's talking about it. Rihanna, phenomenal job. I love her. <laughs> What is there not to say? Yeah, Rihanna's in her prime say. right now. She's coming back. There's an album possibly coming. She even said in an interview, if there's not an album this year, something crazy happened. 
that's pretty promising in my opinion. I didn't hear um, that. She has a vote over. I'm fully sold it. Yeah. It's Rihanna season. She snapped on the Super Bowl. She's pregnant again. Insane. I, and also, <laughs> I I gotta be honest. Like, I'm someone I played football for ten years. I've watched easily twenty four Super Bowls in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. And I typically hate the halftime show. Like I say, the last three years, I, I liked it a lot. It's been a pretty yeah. good run. It's been, been a, a, pretty, it's good been a run. pretty good run. It's been a pretty good run. And uh, I got to say, like, I, I like this one a lot. Of the three, I think this might be my least favorite. But just mm. because of, like, my own Look at person, the comparison. Look at the comparisons, right. exactly. Look at the comparison. You know? And that's saying a lot, considering it's Rihanna. Yeah. She had more views than the Super Bowl. They did the stats. There yeah. were more viewers. For the halftime than the actual Super Bowl. I don't doubt it. Which is crazy because this was one of the best Super Bowl like games in years. Phenomenal. S- phenomenal I don't even watch football and I was like fully bought this in. Was I a great paid Super attention Bowl. to everything. You know, very rarely do you actually get the two best teams in the league to, in a Super Bowl. So I, I don't even think there's really much to say about it. Shout out Rihanna. I think she did an incredible job. Uh, who doesn't love Rihanna? Good if shit. Like but, Rihanna but, but just really... turn off the podcast. <laughs> a hot take. No, I'm playing. Uh, what was what really sold me on it was the stage that looked like Super Smash Bros. Yeah, I thought it was actually really yes. cool because when you consider the fact that, like, I don't know, I went back, I rewatched some of Rihanna's old performances, we- and like, I to be honest with you, like, I don't think there's that much of a difference. She was never like a Beyonce. Like I, I, I get that, but like e- never, okay, so Brent I and I were texting about yeah, this. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want this is going to be short. Like if this goes any longer than a minute, I'm editing it out of the podcast. Like, but I look. I thought considering she was a pregnant woman, I thought like that cool aerial stage show was a really cool way to do something visually interesting when your like mobility is kind of compromised. For sure, very restricted. Because yeah, like. Yes. That's safe, but it's safe if you're standing still for the most part. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, I think that's a good way to yeah. good way to wrap it. Up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's good. The main topic of tonight, we're doing a cozy one. We're doing a good old fashioned, just kind of jam sesh, talking about an artist. Yeah, and, uh, this is fun. You know, we seem primed for a new Tyler the Creator album, so we thought, why not start here? And then later down the road, we'll, we'll do a deep dive on an album or two of his. So, I think <clears throat> who wants to kick us off with Tyler? Jasper I think, does. I think I know who it is. <laughs> I think Jasper does. <laughs> I think it's the guy with the teddy bears. <laughs> I really wish. I really wish I had like a Flower Boy bear brick. That that album artwork would look so good on one of these. But my, actually, hold my on. roommate has one in the room directly behind the camera. That's hold on, hold on one second. Uh-oh, what's this? Here we go, here we go. What is this? Is this Flower Boy? It's Flower Boy. I still need Igor, and I still need Call Me If You Get Lost, but I want, here we are. I want Call Me If You Get Lost burnt on a CDR. That's how I... I feel like that's the natural way to listen. <laughs> but yeah, um, where do we... I mean, where do we even start? Are we going chronological? Yeah, or like, what, what we... was your... Like, what was your introduction to Tyler? Introduction to Tyler was not through music. It was really? through Adult Swim. Interesting. Okay. Was Loiter it Squad? Loiter Squad? The show, yeah, Loiter Squad. Oh, so, Loiter that's an introduction. Squad. Oh, I love Loiter Squad. When I was in high school, I had a friend named Max 
who I don't know if you can still hear me that well. Friend named Max, who was like very into Odd Future, and at the time I wasn't really like big into hip hop yet. I was like very much into classic rock and you know some electronic and stuff like that. And I was like getting into that point. I think it was like junior year of high school when I really started listening like religiously. But this was like freshman sophomore year where Odd Future was like a thing. The memes were happening. The controversy was happening. Getting banned from the UK was happening. All this stuff, and it it the show. I would go over to his house after school and just like the show would be on and I'd see it and like I got introduced to like the Thurnus Haley character and like the I want your ass. Your girlfriend looked like my mom and like all that shit. So and it was just like it was like fun memes and like whatever. And I never really like listened to him. Listened to him. But then my neighbor, who I'm still friends with, say that this guy. Incidentally, named Tyler. Shout out Tyler for putting me on a lot of music. He had the Goblin album, and I like listened to it for the first time, and I didn't really didn't really mess with it. And then radio silence for like a long time. I didn't really think about his music too much, but I just always knew of him as like a pop pop culture figure. And that was kind of like where it got to up until more recently when I went back and actually listened to stuff that's come out since. And that's when I really like fell in love with a lot of it. So that's been that was like my exposure to like kind of where I'm at now. It was like initial contact, very dead up until like two years ago. And then it's like, oh, hey, there's like cool new shit happening. Yeah. It was dope. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Dude, I love Loiter Squad. I used to quote that shit all the time. Yeah. The Deadliest Warrior episode. Man, yeah. There's so many good ones. Smells like bitch in here. Amazing. That's a it classic like one. Bitch in here. That's a classic <laughs> one. I literally, I use that meme this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how relevant it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and then his appearance on Eric Andre was yeah. also like, at the time, just like iconic, mm-hmm. you know? He's just a funny guy. He is like a, he's like this naturally incredibly charismatic guy. Yeah. Now He's like, got some of the best quotes in the, in the game, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, he really does. Now, me, yeah. I, I remember I was at Ground Zero for the Yonkers video. Okay. okay. Yeah, where he eats the cockroach. Yeah. And it's like... My, you get this, like, starting. And, like, I was everything. immediately put off. I was like... Because I don't, I don't particularly like Yonkers as a song. Like... Interesting, okay. Yeah, like, I just think it's, like, a weird, like, spoken word piece. Sort <laughs> like, of. It's, yeah. it's, got, it's got that vibe. Yeah. So, but, like, I was open to it. And that was, that was Goblin, I believe, right? Not it was. Yeah, Bastard so it was, was, was the first one. Bastard, Goblin, and then Wolf. Yeah, because I I was not around for Bastard. I was off the charts. And then Wolf, I listened to Wolf. I even bought because it was pre-streaming for me, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I liked it well enough. It still had like an aesthetic that like kind of annoyed me, but there were definitely mm-hmm. some standout tracks that I really did like. And it was at this point where it was maybe very similar to how we talked about Don Tolliver, where it's like, oh, I like this guy, but, you know, maybe this is just not the best project in the world. Then Cherry Bomb happened. <laughs> and then <laughs> I just I just did not like Cherry Bomb. I think I might want to revisit it. Don't. I would add Cherry Bomb to one of those, like, yeah. expectations not met. Yeah. I, yeah, I think don't. Personally. I, I listened to it recently. It's not. It doesn't. Yeah. Okay. There's, like, Tamale is, like, the, the track to go to. And yeah. that's it for me personally. Yeah. So, like, I just did not like Cherry Bomb. But, so, like, post-Cherry Bomb, I was like, no, Tyler's not for me. But then, obviously, Flower Boy was, like, this huge moment. 
right? Like mm-hmm. even beyond yeah. the album, because like there was this, you know, there was he came out apparently. I'm not sure. Like, yeah, 2016 uh, was it was before the album came out. Yeah, and you know that immediate, and then like I started hearing like the like the about the quality of the album, and that's why I listened mm-hmm. to it, and it was kind of like on the other side of that Don Tolliver thing, where it's like, oh, this is mostly there. You know, and then yeah, we've had yeah. this, we've had this strut, like this trilogy of just like really quality albums that feel very put together, like in the same way, like very meticulously like crafted, but all mm-hmm. super unique. I, I like Flower Boy. It's probably my least favorite of the three. I would agree. Yeah. Okay. But the, his last two run it. Like it's it took me a while run, to listen to up. Call Me If It Get Lost. It took me like two months because like. I just wasn't in a music phase at that point, uh, mm-hmm. but no, it's a it's a phenomenal album. Oh, yeah, I get that. What about you, Purvis? Um, my introduction to Tyler was surprisingly very unique from the rest of the artists that was I've it discovered. The because like, no, 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 no. This I'm not going to say devil. that. The <laughs> devil. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what I would say is like surprisingly. So I found him around the Wolf era, and I found him through YouTube. Like, I think his music videos are by none some of the best ones out there. Oh, yeah. And I think what I found in him was starting off with IFHY. And then that had a phenomenal music video to it with that animation, the clay animation to it. Mm -hmm. And then Tamale came out with him... And a bunch of goons, literally loiter squad, on a golf cart acting like idiots. So I ended up finding him during the Wolf era, which is my personal, very very controversial favorite side of the Create album. What? Wolf is your Um, favorite? Wolf's good, but like... I mean, if you have the nostalgia pull, that's valid, but it's just one of those things where critically, you know... There's, there's exactly. Questions. Yeah, I, I feel like that when you discover an artist and really fall in love with them, you're mm-hmm. like kind of trapped in, at least personally. This applies to J. Cole and Born Center. This applies to Travis Scott and Birds in the Trap. They are not their best albums, but they're my favorite albums. And so I feel like this is the exact same thing that applies to Tyler, where, where I was introduced was the Wolf era. Mm-hmm. I think it's a phenomenal album. I see no flaws in it. Then I had the luxury of going back to Goblin and Bastard. Bastard is trash. I, that's all I'm going to say about I, it. I don't like Bastard, but I think trash is harsh. I won't say trash because it is Tyler. Bastard, I really did not like. No, that's Goblin, trash. I actually enjoyed. Goblin, I like Yonkers. I like Radicals. I like She. I think it's a strong opener. After that, it kind of dives into that like weird Tyler era where he talks about having sex with pregnant women and calling it threesomes, and that was just the norm. Yeah, because and that, that was, just was weird and not fun. Yeah, that was yeah. just kind of what he did. Um, so I think it starts strong, drops off significantly. After Wolf, I hated Cherry Bomb. Yeah. I don't think I got through Cherry Bomb, at least when it dropped. Do we so have consensus me, on Cherry Bomb? I think it's pretty fair. Wow. Okay. Well, just, wait, are we, are we saying consensus in that it's bad or that it's his worst? Oh. Yes. <laughs> no. I, I think I think Goblin is worse than Cherry Bomb. Okay. 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 I see your I point, and I'll tell you why. Because that in Goblin, that doesn't bother me. 
look at the track listing for Goblin. The majority of the songs are over four minutes, or there are a lot of songs that are over four minutes. Like he did get a he, fight to it. He was it's not long at the in point. The tooth. It is. Yeah, he was not at the point where he could make short, sharp, memorable things. It was always one extra verse, one extra chorus, more than you needed, and it really makes the songs feel stale. You feel trapped in the album wow. the way you you feel with yep. like you know, you know other what? ones where I... it doesn't go anywhere. I completely agree. I don't know if it's worse than Cherry Bomb, but like that's a very valid argument. <laughs> I, I do like think that might have been a little bit of. They're a, both very bad. I think like <laughs> there was like that wave in the early two thousand tens where like everything had that third or fourth verse, you know. Yeah. So I I do think that was a cultural thing, but that's not an excuse. So I think yeah, I, I think just because you don't know how to right end now. a song, yeah, yeah, no, and I feel bad. like I feel like Cherry Bomb. I give props for it at least trying something new. This album. I feel like has aged poorly because it relied so heavily on shock value to make the songs hit. And when you've listened to the songs, you know, as many it's times just as smuggers, people who, that's who it. like this era, yeah. yeah, it's just, there just isn't enough there. It's, yeah. it's shock value and flash for the sake of it. I mean, that's eating the, the cockroach is that, so. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, that is true. But, Which is what he kind of took off on. Yeah, yeah, and, like, I guess a question I want to pose to the group is, like, you know, whether we, we liked it or not, that run gave him, like, the cultural clout to be able to pull off what he did with Flower Boy. So, like, do you, or do you even agree with that thesis? I disagree, personally. Okay. But I'm curious what Purvis has to say. Like, because I agree, because, like, say what you will, he was a, he's a, at that point, he was a force, you know? He had a small army of fans, you know? like I, I think, like, logically what you're saying makes sense because, like, it, having that buildup in the success from Goblin and the Wolf, not, these weren't bad albums at the time, and yeah. this was before, quote-unquote, cancel, cancel culture existed, if you even want to call it that, which we I think all three of us hate the idea of canceling people. Yeah. Is that fair to say? <laughs> um. I mean, I, I feel like people should go well, to just the idea. Obviously, it's a, it's a spectrum. Yeah, it's right. a spectrum. It, it's a spectrum. But like, I feel like a lot of people would be like cancel culture. Just but like, like Tyler is like, like no, a good if example. someone actually so, Tyler is exactly. a good example of someone where it's like, no, you're just trying to crack down on someone. It's one thing right. when it's like a certain author who's like spending millions of dollars so the government can go into people's homes and take their children. Like, yeah, that's different. There yeah, that's a different thing. There are, you're right. Yeah. There are different levels. But, like, Tyler, is, I think, is a great example of someone who's like, yeah, I think a lot of the shit he was doing was uncool, but it's like, once again, like, the same way, like, pre-2018, I thought a lot of people who, like, a lot of people who criticized Kanye were just, like, thinly veiling racism. I got mm -hmm. a lot of the same vibes about Tyler, even though I wasn't a fan. You know, I, in, in, I, I do think, like, some of those more shocking responses to him were just that. And I think that that's kind of what I was alluding to, because, like, the what we're coming down to, Tyler has two careers in reality. Yeah. Um, there is the first career that can be canceled because of some of the very controversial things he said, but it was said during a time where, like, you just kind of have to have an understanding that expectations and how people were... It was before the Cultural Revolution. That's basically what happened. Is like there was exactly. just like 
the elector. And this happens with the, all artists, by the way. This happens. It, in I cultures, can take right? old lyrics oh, from I, all artists and be like, "This is questionable." I yeah. I, I have a theory. I, I think everything changed when Donald Trump got elected. Yes. Like it, it's like when that happened, we realized yeah. that like this shit, like not only was like it's not a game anymore. It's not a game anymore. Like there's real. It's real. Yeah. It's very so, real. like that's why comedy <laughs> changed. That's why. Uh, a similar thing happened around 9-11. Uh, John Stewart has, like, an excellent yeah, episode where he true. talks about that. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's just what I think happened. And it's I a wake-up call. And, like, Tyler is when we really think about it. Like, he's a great artist to look at for that, like, separation of eras. And I even yes. think there's another era, like, there's another very clear era divide in Tyler's discography and I think it cuts away that's kind of unexpected, and that's like streaming versus purchasing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bastard Goblin Wolf, I don't think Cherry Bomb. Uh, those were all released like when most people still bought their music on iTunes. Like, say CDs, yeah, CDs, iTunes. I think at finals. the time the majority was digital purchases. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I think Cherry Bomb may have been when streaming was starting to take foot, and then certainly Flower Boy was like post streaming. Right. So not only yeah. do you have like that cultural lens that like cuts Tyler's career in half, you also have like a technological lens and like a creative lens. It's really interesting. Like there's a lot of artists who reinvent themselves. No one really has like two careers in the same way Tyler does. Oh, so, it's, it's very unique. Yeah. There are two things, two things about what we just discussed that I want to address. Yeah. One, I really don't think that the first run gave him the cultural cred to make or to make flower boy a success because if you look at who his core fan base was derived from that three run album series that's a completely different demographic i think than whole different, whole different yeah. who, who have put flower he boy on almost pedestal. had to start over flower boy was like the pop breakthrough for him when it comes to like listenable music that people can get behind and enjoy as something other than strictly rap or something other than strictly shock value or even like horror core like really he yeah was horror like, core, yeah he was like yeah. the next eminem in that way my yeah. thing is that i was talking more about the back end you know like mm, yeah you know like more like oh he was able to get access to these producers access to these studios that's 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 valid. more yeah. what i'm talking about is that like i don't think you can make flower boy in your bedroom the same way he made cherry bomb you right. know so uh, that's more what I'm talking about. Like, it gave him access to the tools he needed to make that album. Yeah, and the, the other thing I wanted to say just about those first three as well, you know, in terms of canceling that whole thing, I think that there's a lot of stuff on those albums that is obviously questionable for a lot of reasons. <laughs> and, you know, we're, yeah. we're right to look back and say, hey, you know, this didn't age well, or this is, you know, bad take, whatever. But I gotta say, I think, I think him coming out in 2016 sheds an entirely new light on a whole bunch of things that he discusses unfavorably, you know, across these albums. It, yeah. it takes him from the, the position of, wow, this guy's just a homophobe to like, wow, this is someone who's really struggling with self-identity and is kind of like lashing out in a way, at least yeah. in my perspective. It's like, it, it's like he hates himself for, for feeling the way he feels and he's going to lash out in, in music to, to kind of reconcile those feelings. So for me, that's like, something interesting and not redeeming but it's a recontextualization yeah it it gives it a new context for sure yeah and i mean 
there's there's so many times where you see that across these albums where it's like lashing out for really at it's unprovoked there's not a not like a context to it you know like i'm kind of that's interesting i i agree i agree that that's a way to look at them my only thing is that like you know i'd be more i would find the specific things that we're talking about when we say like oh uncharitable things that are recontextualized i i might on one end it's like i don't think anyone owes us an explanation of their life for their whatever gender their sexuality I don't think he owes us an explanation. So whatever he's given us, that's good enough. So yeah. like, on one end, I think that. But on the other end, I don't think he is wearing his like the identity of a gay or queer man as hard as he could to like warrant that recontextualization. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't think that you have to show it in order to be justified in that, right? Like, I, I think it has to do more so with just like the framing. That's fair. You know. That's fair. N- knowing what you know about him and, and yeah. knowing that like if if he if he is bi or pan or however yeah. he identifies and and that that's something that, you know, he's come to terms with and and came yeah. out with, then hey, you know, I think looking back, you know, he's clearly he didn't just suddenly like realize, "Oh, hey, I'm bi or I'm pan." It's like these are things he's been yeah, wrestling no, he's with. Yeah, struggling with, yeah. Yeah, so so during the the time of these albums is when he's like exploring this in a way but it's just like you don't know that up front until after the fact and that's kind of like where i saw it from that's totally fair that's a yeah no that's totally fair i give you all the credit in the world and and i think that's super interesting going into the second run because one album is about falling in love with a man who has a woman and the other one's about falling in love with a woman who has a man so you know it's like hey (laughs) perfect we're like we've come full circle now yeah man so like is it is there anything about old Tyler that you think is better than new Tyler? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Not really. I'm I'm still upset about the fact that I saw him when I saw him. When did you see him live? That was something I wanted to ask cuz like I I've been lucky enough to be able to see like pretty much all my favorite artists live at this point. So Tyler is actually probably my top 3 people to see live now. So old Tyler is one of my least favorite artists in rap. The last three albums. Yeah. New Tyler, the current three albums is top five, literally. Yeah. So for me, I saw Tyler in 2016 at Coloring Day, and the crowd and everything, the vibes were off. Purvis, I'm sure you remember this. <laughs> um, they didn't. People didn't know the songs. They played all the hits hits at the time they did yonkers they did ifhy you know and people just weren't feeling it it was like it's literally you had to know who tyler was it was him and jasper and taco and there were like three people in the crowd with like odd future signs and shit and then it was just such a bad look because he like tried he was like trying to get the crowd amped up and then this was like in the afternoon right after this was when Young Thug was supposed uh, to go on. Yeah. Young Thug was supposed to go on. Never showed. Kanye West shows up and just blows the entire fucking stadium out of the water. Yeah, and there's a shot. And there was a stream. So this was streamed on Tidal at the time, right? When Tidal was a thing. R.I.P. Um, I used Tidal up until about five months ago. There you go. Dude, that app uh, sucks. So the Tidal stream, it's like you are seeing like this beautiful people like, jumping over it. yeah it's like the second coming yeah there's, it's it's just like this Bro. beautiful stream of like all this insane <laughs> shit happening but then listen listen he's performing fucking father stretch my hands 
and it cuts. It cuts. So while everyone's freaking out, it cuts to Kanye on stage, but then behind him in the back, like off stage to the stage left, you can see Tyler and his and his crew standing there. And Tyler's mouth is open. He just he can't believe that the crowd has that much energy because he just could get nothing out of them. And it's it was just such a juxtaposition as far as like what people resonate with and what people are, want to listen to, at least in that context. For me, I was like, man, this sucks. Like, this sucks for him. This just like the music he brought to to to, to share with that audience just mm. did not hit. And and for me, I'm so annoyed by that because it was this exact moment, which was like the halfway point between old Tyler and new Tyler. Because this was what September of 2016. 2016, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Just a so missed opportunity, and I have not had the chance to see him live since, and I'm frustrated by I that. I mean, uh, I feel like I know he was at Lala but, in 2021. He was, and I wanted to go, but that was still COVID was a thing. And yeah, it was family. Yeah, 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 no, definitely. yeah. and that, a lot of people got COVID from people, that. There was yeah. a big spike in the city at that point, so I'm I'm yeah. glad I didn't was go in, in that sense. There was, yeah, there was I a measurable. I remember what, like reading this really in-depth medical report about the prevention at Lala and how impressive it was. They there did was, a good job, but considering did. numbers yeah, no, overall in the city, I'm, it I'm just... Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's totally <laughs> valid. I, did, I had the chance to go to that Lala. I didn't. Like, mm. uh, okay, but, so, so, so the official traceable cases yeah. they they marked it 203 i tend to think that of the number of people there more than 203 cases of covid were spread during that time sure but that still like it was probably expected to be traceable probably in the thousands maybe yes yeah. so so a lot of in terms of those stats yeah a lot of news uh, sources claim that there were no there, there was no major connection but for me personally i think that you know not knowing fine. you know the that's benefit fine. of hindsight like i think it was a risk not worth taking to an extent i think that's valid i think that's yeah. a valid take like don't get me wrong it's it's always logical to err on the side of caution <laughs> like, yes. uh, Plus, no one's good, good guy tyler uploaded the entire uncut set to his yeah. youtube channel so you and can like, watch it online I, I had a boy who went and saw it and he uh isn't even the biggest tyler fan and he was like it was incredible yeah mm. yeah i mean showmanship yeah so he, he is at the tippity top of my list of artists to see yeah me too what about you purpose um he is absolutely on my list on my list of like must see obviously you know frank ocean's number one number two is travis scott yeah they will not be replaced at any point yeah. <laughs> until i see them um where's I, but he would be list? i mean i'm Dude, we're seeing Smino and Jid. You, you don't know. Every time I think about it, I get excited. Um, it's so good. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Um, Jasper, we're going to have to get you tickets because we bought we'll those see. before you on the podcast. I don't know. I don't know if I appreciate either of them enough at this point, just in terms of being familiar with their work, to the really appreciate what I'm seeing. Will put you in that position. <laughs> that's facts. I mean, that's how I discovered Lil Uzi Vert. I, totally I, took, I took, I'm going to go so hard. I took the day of and the day after off. I nice. literally took the day of and the day after off. Yeah. Nice. I am. You sad. can just crash at my place because I'm like a block away. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to make it out to the stadium yeah. <laughs> if I get up. <laughs> um, but but anyway, um, he is very high on the list. What I would say, what I am benefiting from actually enjoying his quote unquote first career, Tyler Creator was a very 
relatable, I feel like, figure in terms of his first career for, like, the quote-unquote weird kids. You've seen so many celebrities talking about, like, oh, I wanted to be in Lord of the Squad, or I wanted to be an yeah. odd future Wolfgang. Scissors come out and said, and many other artists are just like, they kind of fit the script of, like, they were being moving. the weird guy, even though in some cases, the weird guy kind of created weird lyrics, questionable, yeah, dark yeah. lyrics. It, you still, it, he served a purpose and he satisfied a very large demographic within that. I wouldn't put him on the scale of like, Kid Cudi saved my life. But like, Tyler did a good thing for that community and like, Tyler made your life role better. Model for yeah. Exactly. He didn't save and your I life, think but he made it better. You know, I, 100%. I, I think a lot of people hold on tightly to Tyler because like, I think something that plagues the American psyche of all ages is a lack of community. And I think mm-hmm, having mm-hmm. such a tight-knit fan base like Odd Future did, I think for a lot of people that was their first chance to be in a real community. So I think... Yeah, and then, legit. like, look, I don't think Tyler, even his early stuff, which I'm not the biggest fan of, I don't think it was by any stretch, like, irredeemable music. And, and, then yeah. he, and then he blossomed into, like, this... Literally a flower boy. He literally blossomed into this whole new work. And then he turned into like this person who I work. Who I put creatively right up there with Childish Gambino or Kanye or. I put. I I gotta say, hindsight, I I gotta put Tyler over Gambino at this point. Oof. Not that's musically. I'm not including Atlanta. That doesn't count. Like film and other multimedia, I don't count in this. Yeah, but you 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 look at the trajectories of what they. You look That's at the trajectories. You look at the trajectories of what they've put out. One has consistently improved and increased in quality. One has not. It's just how I feel about it. I wouldn't say not. It's just, I it's think just he had one step down. Yeah. The thing is that like Tyler's yeah. graph looks like this, and Bino's as of right now looks more like this. And right. It's just He's like on a down scale right now. You know. Look. <laughs> We'll we'll see when this next album comes out because it's I agree, coming yeah. this year. We'll see what happens. Look if, look, if it's another because the internet awakened my love. Because like the thing is, like once again, I I didn't think three fifteen was particularly great, but I don't think yeah, it's an maybe. irredeemable. And the other thing is that I think it's still like a creative vision that I appreciate. I just don't think it's done very well. I don't think it's sonically very interesting. Like, I very much it's put so hard three fifteen to include Atlanta. I put 315 with, um, you know, houses burning. It's exactly in that weird kind of. I put houses burning above that. That's but that's what I'm Honestly, saying. It puts. I'm, I'm one. It's in this for me. It's in the same area where it's like, oh, this is purgatory of like I don't feel anything for it, and positive or negative, it just is. That's how I feel about that project. Honestly, I think like I'm gonna like really contextualize my opinion on that project right now. Because uh, I think, here we go again. Being on the on the fucking yeah, no, no, podcast. This is gonna be quick. Go. No, no. I think like on a on a surface level Sonic kind of way, I would say the House is Burning is a superior album. Two, yeah, three, fifteen. However, the thing the House is Burning doesn't have is it doesn't have an, a cohesive overall creative vision. Three fifteen. I don't think it's a compelling or interesting or cool or good creative vision, but it does have that creative vision of. This is a snapshot of this exact point in time. And, like, listen, I don't think it works either, but it still does something on that level. And that's the thing I appreciate. I, I, once again, I concede it's a 
step down. And if this album, next album, isn't an improvement, we can have this conversation. I'm probably yeah, going to wrap it up. I'm probably, I don't know about wrap it up, but I'll join him in that Tyler goes above Gambino, like in terms of musically. raw creativity musically. This I, year I is really going to define yeah. that. I think it's just that Tyler right now, it's like the only way forward feels like up at this point. I mean, he could disappoint, but just given the consistency and Gambino, it feels like if 315 to me, like while I appreciate that there was creative vision behind it, it feels barren. It feels like something. Yeah, no, that, totally. It doesn't feel like there's any emotion in it. There's a vision. It feels like, yeah, it yeah, feels like he no put emotion. something out. It feels like he put something out to placate the fans before he went to do what he really wanted to do, which is not music anymore. It's film. Yeah, yeah I get that's that. what it felt that, like. That, that and, and I don't need a bad that. taste in my that. mouth. I was like, uh, you know. So yeah, I don't we'll hate see. that take. I don't hate that take at all. Uh, yeah, no. That, my my thing. I don't, I don't my, know. It, it is is really tough for me. I don't want to argue, but like I feel like Tyler can't do uh, because of the internet. I think Childish Gambino can do it. Igor, that's my take. But Igor is a better album than because of the internet. Whoa! No, you're not, not a no, nobody not. anymore. I no, it's not. Like, no, it's in not. hindsight, in hindsight, I love Igor, and I understand the hype uh, behind I love it. Igor. It's not. Igor's my favorite Tyler project. Igor is no, phenomenal. No, because the internet. Is All right, I gotta is hear. Untouched. I gotta hear. What is it about because the internet that is it puts it on this pedestal? One surface level classics throughout the album. Two mm-hmm. compelling concept. Three metagame. Okay, I mean that's valid. I think the only thing that ty- that Tyler lacks on Igor for that is the meta component, though. I yeah, mean, and look, I'll I'll admit that the meta component is the least important of it. Yeah. Uh, but because I think it works on like a surface level and like a conceptual level, I think he gets points for the meta level too. That's fair. I just I think that that's an album that has some bloat to it still, even though it's. It, it's got I, I, it's, it's, it's great. Like I mean, songs that be minutes, they're interludes, yeah, and it adds to like the overall story. If you uh, want okay, to say to be that fair, the back half let you were know. weaker than the front, I'd agree, but yeah, I, I mean, don't think there's much blow. No, I, I mean that's say, that's fair. Yeah, the the thing is, well, because of the internet, I don't compare a lot of albums to because of the internet. Yeah, no, that's I just need to let you know now because of the internet, it's like it is in the S. same. It is like in the it is above like like it is. <laughs> for me, yeah, I, I put this up with I Blonde. I put yeah. this up with I, My uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy. I do not put this with Blonde. No, yeah. I'm sorry. For and me personally, like, that's not it. Like, I love it. I love Camp. I love the, I love Because of the Internet. I love Awaken My Love. All like great albums. But hindsight for me, I feel like it just it it's not at that level in terms of like. See, I I did have that hindsight about Camp. See, I, well, yeah, I, camp, I, I camp just is, care about the rest of Childish Gambino's yeah, discography because yeah. the internet is a absolute masterclass classic. I will argue with anyone yeah. to the end of the day. The rest of the discography, I don't care. Well, Awake of My Love is almost as good. <laughs> I would say Awake of My like, Love is almost as good. But to bring it back to Tyler, right, yeah. for a second, what I think could happen to Tyler, that is, because you say the only way you see it going is up, right? I gotta be honest. I think that's. I agree. I, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. That's what I want to happen. But my yes. fear for Tyler is that he may iterate in that zone of quality between Flower Boy and Igor for the rest of his career. 
right? He'll make aesthetically, conceptually distinct albums all within that quality range, right? Uh, it's Which kind is good. Of, it's kind of something you see, like, I think Kendrick Lamar is kind of, like, at this level, because, like, how do you get better than Kendrick Lamar? You know, mm-hmm. like, he's just kind of iterating at this point. It's, some, it, it's, it, it's a disease of the high artist, you know? Once you hit a certain ceiling, yep. you can't go any further. You know, it's something I think happens with Martin Scorsese, and that's how you get, like, movies like Silence, which are masterfully crafted. But I saw that movie once, and that was plenty. Like, Yeah. So I think that's the realm that, like, that's my fear. I don't think it's what's going to happen. It's not what I want to happen. I'm just saying, like, I don't see a huge decline coming, but I could see some stagnation. I, I think that's a possibility. Um, yeah. But but one thing that I do want to just kind of like circle back to with like everything we've been discussing, Purvis, I want to hear your take on this, right? I'm curious, in 10 years time, how do you think that because the internet and Igor will have aged in terms of how you feel about them now? Ooh, that's like an impossible question to answer. For me, no, I, I, I don't I, think it is. Mm. No, if I'm like ten years down the line, it, it it's hard to because the thing is, when I think about these albums, mm-hmm. these really aren't recent albums. At least in because terms the of where I was, out of ten years old. I mean, and, well, I mean, twenty nineteen for Igor. That's more recent. Yeah, that's four. Right, it, it it is more recent, but I will say in terms of the life periods that we go through, if that's the correct term. Mm-hmm. Where I was four years ago is a very, very different person. Yeah. Right. Um, and this is this is something that I, I want to touch on right here, what you just said. Right. So I feel like even now we're looking four years since Igor, we're looking ten years since because of the internet. I don't know if it matters if it's five years, ten years, fifteen years from now. I are I've already had the time to develop yeah, to, and to, understand. to create that taste. Yeah. yeah. Right. So and I think that's I don't valid. know if it's gonna change. Now let me ask you a follow up question to that, and this is one that I think is good for both of you. What do Blonde and Igor have in common that does is not shared by Because of the Internet? They're whiny. I mean that's not no. shared. <laughs> that are not shared. Not shared. Not shared by because the internet. I have no idea. That's. I feel like there's one specific thing you want me to look for. What is it? It's it's the thing that presides over both projects. They are, in terms of theme and in terms of message, a simple concept album about a basic human emotion, right? Yeah. They're both about they're both about longing. They're both about feelings for another person or multiple people, and despite this very basic concept that the album rides on the musical proficiency with which the message is delivered is what makes the project, right? So here's my mm-hmm. take. Blonde, Igor, Call Me If You Get Lost, over time will continue to age better than because the internet because they deal with a completely timeless subject matter, which is longing and love in a way that because the internet doesn't touch. And because of that, you know, you might have opinions about which songs are, are hits and are better and whatnot. But I think in terms of just like public perception, projects like that, that have that universal appeal will always age better. And I think you see it in other genres too. I just think that because there's such an, a, 
uh, relatable messaging to it. I mean, that's why people resonate with Blonde so much, even though it, you know, never had Grammy consideration. Commercially, it only ever hit streaming initially and, you know, all mm. this stuff. But people just latched on to that concept and that message. And that's something that Channel Orange okay. had going for it, too. It's unrequited love is like the theme of the album, and people resonate with that. So I, I think that that's going to put these albums in a different category when it comes to classic status 10 years down the line, or even even five years down the line. Well, who knows? Oh, I'm sorry. I have such a counter-argument, because I completely disagree. Like, because... I'll leave it alone. Oh, God. <laughs> no, because I, 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 no, I completely I disagree. Saying... I was in the middle. No, I think... No, I think you're raising good points. Like, I don't I don't think anything yes. you said is out of I think bounds. Igor applies. I don't say call me if well, you get no, lost. Igor, it's too new. Call me if you get lost is too new. Yeah. But call me if you get lost re- revolves around the exact same concepts. All it's structured diff- too different. My thing, all that's different I will say it. Igor, in terms of relating to Blonde, spot on. Yeah. I will say a simplistic human emotion such as love and belonging, absolutely or Igor and Blonde, Right, right on yeah. top of that. Call yeah. me if you get lost. I see hints of it. It, it might be because it's too soon, like you said. I think but I don't see, think it's at that level quite yet. I think farther down the line, my only counter-argument is that because the internet deals with very different type of subjects and within itself is a concept, like the, the album within itself is an actual story. Right. Yeah, but that's why I, I said it aside. I've got to jump in here. Yeah, because, go okay, ahead, please. Okay, no, no, here's I have my, one more thing, but yeah. Because here's my thing, right? Because I think using the logic of your own argument, I think I can just like completely flip it. Because I think... <laughs> All right. Because I think because the internet does deal with a very simple human emotion, and it's one that I think is probably as relevant to the people alive today listening to this music as Igor and Blonde. And unlike those, I think it's becoming more relevant. And that is the existential terror of the encroachment of technology and the internet. Like the emergence of this new form of human culture. I think that kind of existential terror is. I'm going to say, I know it's a hot take, but I don't think there's a counter argument against it. I think it's as universal as love at this point. Like, and I think, and I think the thing is because the internet, Blonde and Igor. I'll grant those two. They express very basic, universal human emotions that we've been making art about since we lived on the savannah in a beautiful, timeless, but also specific... Simplistic. Yeah, in a, in a way. But because the internet brings this completely Here. new truth, this incredibly complex thing that everyone is dealing with, but no one knows how to put it in the words, and it expresses it simply... Right, I think it expresses this very complicated thing very simply, and like there are lyrics of it on it that are like becoming more and more prophetic. Like he has the bars on that one song, I forget the name of it. It's in the back half where it's like you know someone could run in with a gun they three D printed, and it's like this shit's happening now. This shit happened. Like oh, it's a real yeah. thing. Like World Star, the uh, whole concept of that World song is like in the time prophetic it's like yeah. borderline prophetic so like my my thing is just like no i look I, I get that it's not a traditional like ancient primal human emotion but i think it's as universal it's modern and relatable and to i think everyone. that's so i think that that's super valid the yeah. one thing i'm gonna say that can I, I think time will tell if this is something that actually holds up or not is you know 
I think as a society, as we grow further disconnected from that fear, because we, you know, adoption tends to happen, new technology gets adopted, generally it takes time, but it does. I think that this album is going to really, at some point, seem like a product of its time, rather than something that is timeless, is what I'm saying. Because as technology continues to improve, we're going to get to the point where things become further normalized, right? You know, if you had told someone 20 years ago, that you had a phone that had your calendar in it, yeah. you know, what that would they blow say? Their mind. Right. My, you tell someone only... 20 years from now, the phone is in your literal hand, like literal hand. Yeah, exactly. Then, you're going to have so, a very different here's, view. Here's, I think technology is going to outpace what, what the concept of the album is trying to say. I just think that that's a pretty massive assumption. And I think the material reality in the 10 years since because the internet is, has come out is that oh, yeah. people aren't less terrified by technology after like Cambridge Analytica after 2020 after QAnon after the vaccine stuff after all this shit I think people are much much more and like don't get me wrong I I love technology I think technology is a human good and I think it's a thing we should strive for I'm not trying to demonize it right but like I just think, like, if you look back at the last 10 years, I don't think there's anything to suggest that we're going to round that corner. I hope we do, but I, I just don't see anything, like, in the world. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's it's not going to be it's not going to be a rounding of the corner because people yeah. come to terms with technology as something that is wholly good. It's that the yeah. corner is going to be rounded and that we're going to have critical yeah. adoption be because it's just going to happen. Yeah. Society isn't going to change, but the technology is going to continue to permeate. I yeah. think. So like, and I think in that sense, yeah. you're going to see, you know, yeah. So that, that's just my argument. You know, I, I think it does deal with a very simplistic universal truth. Wow. Because the internet rat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll give it. We took a turn that I did not yeah. expect. This yeah. is podcasting. This is the magic of the podcast. Yeah. It's it's a it's a topic. Okay, okay, okay. Let's get back to Tyler. Um, so we've talked about his impact. We've talked about having old Tyler versus new Tyler. Everything that he's done throughout his career. Is this a good thing or bad thing to have multiple careers? Because in reality, we've already talked about the fifty worst albums from brilliant artists, and we see Little Wayne jumping to rock. We see yeah. Kid Cudi jumping to rock. We have. Tyler the Creator, jumping to an entire new branding. Yeah, but the thing is, do it's... you think this played a impact on his long term career? I mean, obviously, I think that I think divide. Relevant. I think that divide in quality is why he is the way he is. Like, there's yeah. no doubting that it there was an ascension that took place. Uh, what I am, what I do think though is, you know, it's not like. You know, you listen to Igor, and then you listen to Goblin, and you're like, there's no way these are the same people. You know, like, they feel, <laughs> you know, they feel pretty authored, I would say. Uh, so I, I do think it can be a bad thing. I think it could be a sign of selling out. I think it could be a sign of breaking free, kind of like how J. Cole kind of has, like, you know, before Born Sinner and everything that was on that major label before he went independent, mm -hmm. you know? Like, yeah, it's not as clean of a break because... J. Cole kind of, in a way that I think was cool, like went pop again, like in 2018, 19, and pretty much ever since. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think like it's a thing that can ha hurt or help people. But for Tyler, I think it's been 
mostly just a matter of the quality. Yeah, I think there's only been one artist who's done kind of a clean break into a new style as well recently, and that's, I mean, critically not necessarily, you may disagree, but commercially at least, and that's Playboy Cardi. Because you see the the change over with the release of Whole Lot of Red yeah. in just the style in every every aspect, and you see what it's done in terms of the kind of reinvention of the artist. And yeah, I mean, for some people it doesn't work, for some people it does, but I, I think in Tyler's case it's given him new life and it's given him a new audience that he never would have had. I don't think he ever would have been taken seriously as an artist no. if it weren't for mm -hmm. the break, because he started making music about, about serious, serious and, yeah. and like I said, universal topics. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. I mean, he's a complicated guy. And the thing yeah. is that, like, you know, he we still have a decade of Tyler albums. You know, who knows if this is just the middle of a triplicate? Definitely hope, if me and honest. Yeah. All right, are we calling um, it then? Yeah, I'm cool with me. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to end up on, Jasper, as our resident flower a hot boy? Debate. Like, <laughs> well, I gotta say, um. I don't know if we really there's I think there's a couple of things we didn't really touch on from the notes, um, like the love or hate kind of thing. I think that's a, a that interesting true. thing to discuss before we head out of here. Yeah, I just have a meeting in nine hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> this went long, uh, but yeah, no, I think like I don't know. I think a lot of people. I, I think he just like when you're a strong artistic personality, there's always going to be a division, right? No matter what, yeah. there's there's no artist that has ever been universally acclaimed, unless they were watered down. I mean, someone who's like eye rollingly loved like Tarantino in our circles. Like, there are plenty of people <laughs> yeah. who hate him. You I know? mean, Simon and Garfunkel. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So I, I just think, you know, it's hard to be a true artist and be loved by anyone. I think that's a very loved by everyone. I think that's a tall order. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think I think some people misunderstand the work a lot of the time. Okay. Um, the the whenever I see arguments about the fact that you know Igor shouldn't have won best rap album, it's like, did you listen to it? It has rap on it. Just because no, I, it doesn't yeah. have. I didn't like that discourse. I I thought Igor definitely like it, yeah it's, they deserved it. I don't even think it's very experimental. It's vaguely experimental. Yeah, it, but that's the thing is it, because it's non-traditional to yeah. the the pop sound. I think a lot of people didn't understand it and didn't want to step out of their comfort zone to appreciate it. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of those arguments come from. So I, you know, I think people are misinformed or, or don't bother to get informed, and then we see takes like that because of it. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean that is true. That is, I feel like that happens to pretty much every artist at some point. Unfortunately, it's how the industry is ran with all the streaming people get popularity. They're going to come across some kind of controversy at some point. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing that can be avoided, unfortunately. I feel like because he is so split, there, there's so many things with the development of technology and the exposure aspect of, like we mentioned before, the cancer culture and how it's on the spectrum. People can find an old lyric from 10 years ago. Yeah. And be like, what's wrong with you? Why would you say this? So, I mean, he is very vulnerable to that kind of aspect of the industry of like easily being able to be canceled because of what he used to say. Because 
boy was it out there <laughs> yeah um, the, the other thing but is it's that, just kind of it, it's taking your lumps <laughs> yeah another thing is that like when we talk about like what he said was out there i think there's it's fair to mention that there is plenty of stuff that was pretty abhorrent that is not recontextualized you know <laughs> Like by Born Center is one of my favorite albums out there, and the first album says the F word. Yeah, that's not a good look. That's not good. Multiple times in like the first verse. But think about it. Like we're still having this debate. We had it about Mr. Morale, you know, and this is true. And that was a debate, you know, that we there's not really an answer. There is, and then there isn't. Like, all right, I want to. If we're gonna wrap up, I want to ask two questions first. Uh, and then you know, once we have our little little things, maybe we can give some song recs and get out of here. Um, my first question is favorite Tyler song. Don't everybody speak at once. Favorite Tyler song. Ooh. Hold on, give me a second. I gotta go back and really take my time. Hold up, hold up. Yeah, I'm gonna have my to. Favorite Tyler song. Because I I like want to, I want to get the right answer. I think I have. Personally. I think I know what mine is, and it's from an unexpected album. Come on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure mine is Domo Twenty Three. Oh, interesting choice. That's a that's a song that of the songs on that project. Yeah, I I I mess with that. Yeah, it just goes so hard. Yeah. That is tough, man. <laughs> yeah. Look, I like um, the thing is that like I I love Call Me If You Get Lost. And like I don't think it's like repetitive or derivative or anything. But to me, I'm I'm just so used to playing it as an album, just hitting like start and then like not even looking at it. That's valid. I mean it's a it's an experience. And that's yeah. I think it mirrors exactly what he wanted in terms of like it gives you that like Wes Anderson, you just kind of put it on and get captivated by what it is. Yeah, it's like a is... Wes Anderson movie hosted by Dat Biff. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's I great. Think... Purvis, thoughts? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's I think he's struggling over there. Right, this, this is kind of tough. Um, he has a bunch I'm going to give two songs. I'm, I, I know it might break the rule, but I'm going to give two songs because I think it's only right because he has two careers. Um, In terms of... The first career, which is much more dark, I will put the song She, oh, featuring Frank Ocean. A phenomenal song, great story, great music video. Everything comes together perfectly. Mm-hmm. The themes of the album are just shining bright within this one single song. I think that's the his first career. Of his second career... Is tough, but I might have to go with Boredom by Flower Boy. I know it's very overplayed, but I think choice. Boredom is a phenomenal song in his new career. I think it wraps up, even though I know this isn't a trilogy, but his three albums that he put out in his second career, Boredom is a perfect breakdown on every single core emotional yeah. emotional human aspect of what he applies to these like different albums and the themes that come up boredom in general just uh, the idea of boredom the amount of time that i've sat 
down in my own free time and just think about how the choices you make, the things you do when you're bored and how that actually affects you and how you view time and use your time effectively. Mm-hmm. Boredom as a concept is insane and he wraps it up very well in this song. So that'll be my new like new Tyler Creator song. Okay, I'm I'm gonna give a new Tyler one then because I gave an okay. old one. Uh, and I'm gonna oh. go uh, running on running out of time on Igor. Good take. Yeah, that's good take. Very good. That's song. A, that's very a good, good song. Yeah, All I have right. two. I also have two because my heart says one thing, but my Spotify Wrapped and my stats say another thing. So okay. my heart says New Magic Wand. Yeah, that's a good one. E- easy choice. But my Spotify Wrapped says Lumberjack, which was my most played song of last year. Lumberjack's a good one. Lumberjack. Good song. Was- Lumberjack, Lemonhead, What's Your Name, all those songs, so good. Yeah, Lumberjack is one where I feel like it's such a just a juxtaposition to everything on uh, Goblin, because it's like, he figured out how to make a short, sweet banger and keep it moving, yeah. which is like, it's like such a breath of fresh air compared to like five minutes of running through extra verses and chorus. Absolutely. So that was the one. That's one question. My last question, which I think is going to be a lot tougher for both of you. Well, maybe not. It might be easy, actually. So there are two two Odd Future members who have really kind of had well-known pop culture careers, it's right? Is it? It's Frank. In terms of... I'm not it's asking Frank. who's... I'm not asking that's the question. No, 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 it's no, no, Frank no. I'm not asking who's had a better... I'm not asking who's better critically. I'm asking who would you say in terms of media what they've put out, presentation, promotion, everything. Who has had a better career in terms of the project's releases? Frank. Where's Tyler's so? cock ring? Valid. <laughs> I mean, the Tyler will sell you a $2,000 answer... leather trunk. Yeah, that's a solid, that's like a solid that. offering. I like that. Solid the offering. only offer that I will accept from either one of you is in this order. Frank Ocean, <laughs> Earl Sweatshirt, Ty. Taco. If you say anything else, I don't care. No, I, I, I definitely. Put, I don't think there's another order from that. I, I like Earl Sweatshirt as an artist, but like he's just not someone I listen to like that. Uh, so I would put Tyler above Earl. Uh, but. I oh, I thought you, I thought we weren't counting Tyler. Are we including no, we, Tyler? We are. We are including Tyler. So what I'm saying is Tyler oh. versus Frank specifically in terms of like their media promotion yeah. rollouts. Just the general scope of their career outside of like quality of their music. Who do I you think has like, had the better career? Outside it's just like their music. barely has a career though. Like, yeah, I was gonna like, say, what are we that, even comparing? But that's exactly what I'm saying is like, can you rest on your laurels on the fact that you have like this cult, super cult following, despite not putting out a lot of content and not staying publicly visible? Versus whereas Tyler has built a p- more public and like a more devoted following over time they've kind of done the opposite in a sense where frank was like big pop culture hit and then built like a super core fan base after the fact whereas tyler i think went the opposite direction so i'm asking like of those two paths what do we think is you know has played out better just come if go purpose i was gonna say (laughs) if we're looking at them as artists then you have to include the music. It, yes. it is no, the music. All the valid. other things don't matter. It is Frank Ocean. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think that's valid. My thing is that because, like, I, I think my point of reference for here is, like, to look at artists, like, like other artists, like filmmakers and authors mm-hmm. and stuff. And yeah. it's like, yeah, like, I, I think Channel Orange, Nostalgia Ultra, and Blonde are all that good. That yeah. 
I I, I give Frank. Me. I get that that's high praise. I get that like there are maybe ten artists who can kind of get away with that. And look, like it's obviously better to be someone who makes art as good as Tyler and as often as Tyler. Yeah. But like. Frank just hits that upper, upper, upper echelon. You are not going to get another Channel Orange or Blonde in your life. Yeah, You're I not going to get another no. Frank Ocean. And, and that's the sad part. Yeah. It, when we actually talk about generational talent, we personally yeah. will probably not get another Frank Ocean yeah. in our lifetime. And like the other thing is that... like, And it's just what it is. My favorite author is George R. R. Martin. I'm prepared to love artists who don't put shit out. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think where I was kind of going with this was the idea that like, Yes, you know, Frank obviously has that status as far as the just the the cult, and you know the albums all stand alone in their yeah. own way. I, I personally have some problems with Channel Orange relative to the other two, but yeah, I mean, I they're excellent, and I I just for me personally, like the cult of Frank is so strong, right? But then at the same time, I I feel like they're too. It's like the Benjamin Button of careers, where it's like cult versus not cult and then pop pop fandom versus not pop fandom pretty much and for me i just like looking at the two and where where they go next in terms of like their relevance to modern day culture society whatever i i find it hard for and unless you know coachella and everything happens the way it's going to happen i don't see frank's position in pop culture continuing to expand or grow as Tyler's seems like it's going to continue doing if he keeps putting out projects of this quality. That's kind of where I was going with it, where it's like, I think Frank has achieved his critical mass unless he starts doing new things because it's just it, like it, enough, so much time has passed. There's, there's going to be like that a little bit of erosion, I feel like. I mean, it, it's I, tough to say. I understand the temptation. To I mean, it's speculative. I'm, yeah. I'm just, it, it's yeah. an idea. Like, yeah. I understand the temptation to be like, yeah, Blonde is just so good. Like, how. How is that not critical mass? I understand that, like, wanting to think that. But I just think, like, we got to see what the next album sounds like. I agree. Like, if there know. is one, that's a thing, right? Yeah, like, if there is one. Yeah. You know, but the thing is that, I, I like, just... you know, if this is Frank's career, Frank's, if, this, if, it, if we really have seen the end of it, my answer is just, you know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. Frank. You know, it, it's Frank. It is know? what it is. And personally, I feel like it, it's more of an accomplishment to get a cult based fan base off of what's popular than the opposite direction. I feel like if you have a cult based fan base, which Tyler did, and then he quote unquote sells out, which I don't think he quote, he necessarily did. I don't think but if we're saying it, no, right, I, I don't think he necessarily did. But if we're saying in the context of comparing it to Frank Ocean, which did the opposite yeah. way, mm -hmm. I think that's more impressive. If you yeah. can take pop music and build an insane, committed fan base who's willing to kill people <laughs> over like you don't like Frank Ocean, that's more <laughs> impressive doing it in the opposite direction, yeah. in my personal opinion. And so I feel like it just, just naturally that would put Frank. Yeah above tyler and that's not a discredit to tyler in any sense yeah, yeah no that's a fair take i yeah. I'm, I'm i'm glad that we discuss it because it's yeah. like <laughs> it's one of those things that i think about because i'm like yeah well these two have been on songs together and they've influenced each other's careers yeah. but it's like now with them seemingly going in you know totally separate directions it's like yeah but who's what? you oh. know as much as i say this like let's check back in five years like right yeah you know, like i'm not i'm, not gonna, I'm yeah. not gonna sit here and pretend that 
can't change. I'm just saying this is how I feel right now. Right. Yeah, it, we'll it's one it of those time. it's one of those things that I was thinking about because there have been blips of Frank, right, throughout time <laughs> pretty much where it's like he'll come out and do some features and then disappear again. Yeah. And you see that across like Flower Boy, but then after that he's absent on the next two. So it's like uh, What's going on? Is there more of like a divergence in terms of like Tyler's sound is going in a direction where he doesn't feel the need, or is it just that that's not what he's looking for in terms of maybe having features, you know, that kind of thing? Because here's my here's one thing, and then we'll wrap it up. But like the song "Puppet," right? I don't love that song. I know a lot of people really like that song. That's not one of my favorite songs on Igor. It's got Kanye featured on the you know the the chorus. Very minimally, I think it's kind of a waste of a Kanye feature, personally, just the way it's like filtered down. But that could have been a Frank feature, right? Yeah. For what it is, and it's just one of those things where it's like he's just like it. it the absence of Frank on Tyler's later work speaks volumes to me. Like it feels like it's a loud silence, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's just like where I where I was kind of approaching it from. No, I, I think that's valid, gentlemen. We are doing. Recommendations. recommendations. I want to go first. Okay. I want to go first because I've had this song in my recommendations since before we interviewed Shaw and we talked about it already today and I don't want someone else to take it. Uh, I'm recommending one of the greatest songs ever written, Bugatti by Ace Hood plus Future. Oh my god. <laughs> my god. This song is so good. How does this song not just bring... This is a phenomenal song. It's so good. That hook? Incredible. Yeah. Classic, just wild. (laughs) That song came out the year I turned 21. It was dangerous. (laughs) When that song came on, I blacked out. Dangerous. You know, I can't name another Ace Hood song, but that song fucking slaps. 10 out of 10. Yeah, 10 out of 10 song. No lie. Yeah, that's fair, but like, all right, bet. I, I appreciate that. I like that. Uh, Jasper, are you ready? Where am I going to go? You go ahead. I need to look at the list and see what I've already shared. Okay. No, it's funny because I have like, I am three weeks ahead of recommendations. Yeah. Um, but for this week, the first one is going to be Say It Ain't So by Weezer. Hey, <laughs> Weezer? <laughs> I love that song, Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> Say it ain't so. Oh my god! I can play that song on guitar, dude. I can play that song on real guitar. It's so fun, bro. I'm trying to tell you, you used to play that song with rock band and guitar is, or whatever it was. That is a top ten, ten song. That is a top twenty song in my entire life. I love that song. <laughs> Absolutely phenomenal. So that's that's what I'm going with. My first incredible pick. pick. <laughs> I I almost brought Weezer last week. Cause I love really? we I love Weezer. I mean, like it. Weezer's hard because Weezer has a lot of bad albums, <laughs> but they have a lot of good albums. Like, and you get some quality classic. Well, the blue Timeless album classic, that say the blue album, so. the album "Say It Ain't So" is on masterpiece, yeah. banger, banger, start to finish. That's what I'm opening. Up Every song <laughs> sounds like "Say It Ain't So." I love to see it. Then I'm gonna have to go through the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about a band that I love that I haven't yet talked about on this podcast. Not rap, but if you don't know, 
you gotta know. We're going with Dead Crush by Alt J. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. This. Okay. Heaviest shit. Purvis, if you don't know it, you gotta listen to it. Crank your bass. I was gonna say, I feel like I've heard of Alt You've probably J heard it. Times. You, you've heard Alt J for sure. Yeah. They've been they've been commercially successful on and off for a while. But like their later stuff does not get the time of day. This song was a hit, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if you've heard it in passing, but just sitting down and listening to it, it's super solid. They're u super unique. I got a, got to see them at UIC like last year. Mm. And man, just an experience. Good bet. I do like all J, I'll give you that. All right. What we got? What's the second okay. one? Here's my second one. Okay. So I want to bring it back to the Super Bowl a little bit. We had Rihanna, right? Oh, there was another performance at the Super Bowl, too. We had the, uh, the National Anthem performed by my favorite and I think probably the only really high-quality country artist working today, uh, Chris Stapleton. Uh, okay. I, I've recommended him on the podcast before. I almost did my first double dip. You know, where I recommended the same song I recommended six months ago, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. But, what, well, Jasper, I see the finger. Are you familiar with Jason Isbell? Not super familiar. Okay. But, All like, right. you know. Gotcha. Um, but I'm recommending Chris Stapleton's cover of the, of the country music classic, Tennessee Whiskey. And the okay. reason why this song has been, like, really stuck in my head this week is because after the... After the Super Bowl, obviously the worst people in the country had to be clutch their pearls at Rihanna. Yes. And what's super funny is they would juxtapose uh, like Rihanna against the super patriotic Star Spangled Bander Chris Stapleton did. But here's the thing. Chris Stapleton is down for the cause. Chris Stapleton is a, a rebel. He is fully on the defund the police train he called america an imagination a dream a nightmare uh he literally is, did they know he who is, they're supporting. he is quite literally a more radical figure than rihanna could ever be because she's a billionaire based uh, yeah so i first off i thought it was funny and the other thing and purpose Love i didn't it. send this to you because i forgot but i'm gonna try and find it is i found this black music critic who's talking about mm -hmm. Chris Stapleton and about how he really is only a country artist. I would say he sounds like a country artist, right? I, I think he has that aesthetic. But their claim was just like, when you listen to the way he sings, he's really just a soul artist. And they market yeah. him as country because no one's going to listen to a white soul artist, you know, no matter how good they are. So I, I thought this was a good song to just kind of sample like, oh, he's this level of singer. You know, okay. So Bet. Chris Stapleton, this album is I mean, on a classic. You know, you said it was a cover, and even the title of Tennessee Whiskey, I would assume if it's a cover, if it's a classic song. You think yeah, of it's Frank a, Ocean it's a, covering Moon River? It's something. But I don't like know that. the song Tennessee River. Tennessee so, Whiskey, yeah. I mean, I, Tennessee I'm Whiskey. I'm sure if you listen to it, you'll immediately recognize it. You know, it, it's okay. a very, you know. If you type, if you just like thought of like country music, it just sounds like, in my opinion, it's a love song. But you know, fair enough. I'm sold. I will listen to it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, my second song is another absolute banger. 
um, Sam Sparrow, the song Black and Gold. Black and Gold, Black and I don't know. It came up on my Instagram, and I have been fully sold. This song's an absolute banger. <laughs> I absolutely love this song. So that's going to be my second recommendation. Jasper? Right. I'm going to throw in a, another... Another country boy in the ring here. We're doing Jason Isbell, I-S-B-E-L-L. He is the only kind of country singer-songwriter adjacent country artist who I listen to, period. Uh, I had the chance to see him live at the Chicago Theater. Super, super good, really talented. And we're, the song is called 24 Frames. He's got kind of like a southern, southeastern twang to him, but very similar in that he's anti-establishment and all that good stuff but a lot of his songs walk the line between like more like classic like southern rock to an extent like his older stuff and then now more so singer songwriter with like southern influence country influence and yeah his entire album southeastern is great i really like his like that's one following that's something more than free also but Southeastern is what got me into him. It's just a super solid project front to back, and I, I recommend. Okay. All right. But I'm going to take a look, at, take a look into this. It's 2013 Southeastern. Yeah, All so right. good. Whole album front to back, I, I mess with heavy. Yeah. All right, bet. Friends. We've made it. We made it. This was longer than expected, but it was cozy. It was. it was. It was cozy. It was a <laughs> fireside very, chat. It was very relaxing. The hoodies up. I'm very cozy. All three, three hoodie gang. Hoodie gang. <laughs> this is hoodie gang. Yeah. Welcome to the crew. I always All switch right. up the hoodies. So. Next week we're doing a deep dive on hoodie Allen. <laughs> I do you want to know it's super funny? I almost recommend for, for everyone listening to audio. I just got Purvis. He was mid drink. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, said Hoodie Allen and I almost recommended a Hoodie Allen song. I'm not joking. <laughs> I am banning Hoodie Allen. Oh no, he's podcast. he's pop punk now. He's not rap. <laughs> I don't care. He went, he went to song. the UK route. It's a good rap. It's a good song. It's a good song. I'm just saying. He, hey Ben, with games we play, free free rap. We're done. Hey Ben, we're, we're we done. Play. I'm gonna. We are it. done. We are done with the podcast. I'm just 